Hi, Danny and Bill. My name is Miroslav, and I'm from Bulgaria. Congratulations on 1 million downloads. I love Escape This Podcast. I love Danny's creativity, and I love Bill's madness. Here's to another 1 million downloads. By gosh, by gum, by Jove, we've done it. <laughs> it's a million downloads. We've we, hit a million. Yeah, at some point recently, didn't even notice when, we passed a million. Yeah, we decided we should check that, see what our download numbers are. Oh, it's a million it and a thousand. It just a million recently. And that felt like it warranted a very hastily put together celebration yeah, look, episode. We, we didn't really plan much of this out to be honest, we could have done a celebration at like 100 episodes or 200. But I think when we started doing post shows, then became, well, maybe we should celebrate X number of rooms. But then we didn't write all those rooms because we had some guests. Get- and I haven't been counting. And we always lose track. And there are some rooms that we've written that didn't appear on the show. So are they relevant to sell? Mm. In the end, there was no easy place for us to have a celebration of a milestone that made sense. But a million downloads is pretty nice. And we have a website that actually just says that number on it. So that True. was slightly Look, and easier to be honest, to There's see. a chance that the number is actually higher than that based on certain things that aren't getting caught in those analytics. I know at really? some point Spotify wasn't being counted there, but now I think it is. Huh. I know that maybe there are some... I think all the episodes are also on YouTube. No one ever sees those, but <laughs> I think they exist there with a certain number. Either way, we hit a million and that's pretty cool. That's a nice thing to hit. I think a lot of podcasts don't get there. Uh, and I'm glad that we did. It is fun. Thank you so much for, you know, being the downloads. That's, yeah, that's you're you. the downloads. You out there listening to this, you're part of that million. So thank you. There was one day back in the beginning, I'm sure, where the only downloads were the two of us. That's probably true. Um, no, and the people we got to guest on the episode. Good that's point, how you good get point. them. From day one, we had at least one friend downloading this show. <laughs> so look, this episode is, I don't even know what it is. It's a it's fun. There's fun it's stuff. It's our variety hour. It's our variety hour. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the show. We have some questions and suggestions from Discord and Twitter. Well, mostly Discord. Get on our Discord if you're not there. And um, a few messages from people. Yes, you probably already heard one at the start send. of probably already heard one at the start of this uh, uh, episode. They'll, they'll be peppered out throughout. There'll be like our little stingers between bits. Hi, this is Laura. Just wanted to say congratulations, you guys. Your podcast has kept me really great company on my long drives throughout Minnesota. There's nothing like a good puzzle or a bad pun to make the drive go by much more quickly. So, yeah, look, I think the first thing I wanted to talk about before we look at anything that anybody's asked us or anything Oh, I like don't that, know what's coming. Is, I don't know, there's like, I have a memory early on of getting a hundred downloads on a single episode. That's, oh, on a single episode. I believe so. I believe we were out at a brunch with my family, because I know at least my mother was there, and having just looked and been like, look at our cool news, a hundred people downloaded this episode. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I remember, I thought I remembered a hundred overall. Well, when... maybe we were excited about that too. It could have been, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I panicked because that was like the first time you ever posted anything about us on Reddit. And I went, oh God, no, that's like people. That's the masses. <laughs> I don't want them to know about me. I mean, it is one of these things that for me, this may be a little bit less for you because you had done some sort of creative stuff before in some form, right? Like you'd had strangers 
reading things that you'd written or uh, yeah, right? yeah, I guess so. Is it for me like this was the out my first sort of like creative project that I had put out in the world. I'd been in parts of it. You know, I'd been on stage for like community musical theater and stuff like that. That's definitely different. But it was the first idea of like, oh, I'm making a thing and I'm putting it in on the internet and people might enjoy it. People might listen to it, but having absolutely no expectations for that. And so it was exciting to get like, oh, a hundred people have listened all up <laughs> or, or like, or like, you know, 30 people have listened three and a bit times each. Isn't that fantastic? And then getting to like a hundred downloads on a single episode was this huge bit. I still remember, and we've talked about this in, in interviews before, like dealing, dealing, that sounds so mean, working with uh, the Room Escape Divas for the first time. It was terrifying. But it was like, oh, this, could, this is like a real thing. Like, this could be something. Because these are people who have a show and they're an international uh, like people making a, a show in the same field and we are working with them to make another. Like it felt like a real thing. That was I, very much meeting escape room celebrities. Exactly. Because up to that point, it had just been us hanging out with friends, doing these fun little games that we made. And it started to feel legitimate. And I don't know, there's, there's been steps along the way that I have like memories of. Like, oh, we got 100 downloads. For me, a big one, not long after that, the first time that we had someone, Dave, come on and say, hey, I've written one like yours. Can I be on your show? That was amazing. That was insane. Like fan content of the stuff that we were making. And we were like, well, we're nobodies. How can you be a fan of some nobodies? But it worked like, and I don't know how long it took us to hit, say, a thousand downloads on an episode, or, but that would have been a, a big momentous. Like, do you have any memory of that happening? Nope. No, not right? even at all. And I don't know. And now look, we're still in terms of the scale of podcasts. Well, actually, in the terms of scales of podcasts, we're in like the top stupidly small percentage because there are so many podcasts. But yeah, so in, in the scale ones. of successful podcasts, we're still not huge. We're not raking in the millions yet. No, right? Not even you close. Know, yeah, there, are, there are plenty of shows out there who are like a million downloads. What did you release? Half of your first oh, that's 20 so minutes. So annoying of an episode, the people who you know? go onto like, the pod, podcast subreddit and say, hey, uh, are these numbers good? I just released my third episode last week and I've got 18 million. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, like, Should oh, I start yeah, looking sure, for man. advertisers? Yeah, get out of here. Right? So, you know, there's some shows and there's some shows that have been around for a long time and they're like, you know, millions of downloads of, of an episode. You know, that's, that's fantastic. But I think, like, for us, especially coming from an indie podcast and having had no existing audience before we started. Mm. Like, obviously, we could talk about releasing Solve This Murder and being like, uh, our first episode got 4,000 downloads in the first... Well, whatever. And yeah, you're like, that's yeah, but that's because we had an audience that we brought across from us, right? That meant nothing, mm. right? And some people do that. They're like, I've just released a new show and we got 10,000 subscribers on our first day. And it's like, yeah, you're already internet. You've got a YouTube channel with 3 million subscribers. 10,000? Honestly, you should have done better. <laughs> you know, so I like, I like that... You know, this is the first project that really We've that I've done. We've done pretty well on the super indie side of things. You know, com yeah, and completely independent. We've, you know, we've occasionally had an advertiser run once or I think maybe just once. Uh, yeah. Twice we've, we had one for a few episodes and one for a single episode and that's been about it. Yeah, um, not much. But, you know, it's been really nice to build up like this and, and have a lot of support from escape room community people and... Our, like lots of guests who've wanted to come on the show, other podcasters and celebrities. and It's and, very and interesting creatives. going into this because we're a pretty specific niche as mm -hmm. far as they go. There yes. are some specific niches. Like, I mean, I don't know if you can call it specific anymore, but true crime was certainly niche at one stage. At one point, yeah. But no, that is a niche that you get into and you almost expect to get a million downloads. Mm. 
But yeah, we had no idea going into this because there weren't that many escape room podcasts no, out there. No, and no one doing what we were doing. No. So. What we are doing, everybody. Sorry, we, we are doing. I won't talk about <laughs> our show in the past tense. It is still going on. We didn't stop it. We didn't hit a million and then decide to quit. So the level of expectation was completely foggy. We didn't have any yeah, idea no what idea. we were yeah, going into. From the beginning, it was like we knew it was fun to listen to, right? We, we tried our concept. We thought this is going to be fun to listen to. And I think from the beginning, we could we were very much proud of the stuff that we made, right? Some people do this. I think some people, when they start their podcasts, and you see people talk about this in podcasting forums and things like that, of being like, oh, yeah, your first couple episodes are going to be terrible. Don't worry about them. Just use them to get used to the idea, and then you'll start to pick up. And that's why some right? people say, make five episodes and then only release the fifth one. The yeah, first four right? are all practice. But I think from the beginning... You know, sound quality issues aside, echo aside. Yeah, you know, room quality. You know, yeah, right. We we went. You know, I had never once. And done by room any quality, co- no, I mean escape room quality. I don't mean physical room quality. <laughs> All true. of these things worth well, considering. But even then, right? They're still. While while you got better at designing escape rooms, those first ones were not bad, mm, right? And no, especially, I think people still love going back to say like Razor Face. I mean, like this is <laughs> this is phenomenal. This is. You know, my favorite one. It was the second one you made. Maybe. I um, have done little tweaks maybe along you hit your the peak. way to the super Maybe you hit ones. your peak early yep, with Razor it. Face. <laughs> um, no, look, going back, there are definitely ones where you would read. As we, and we've talked about this. We've done a series, I think, on our Patreon. Yeah. Where we went where back we went through these through old ones and we, rated and we talked them. about how we would redesign them and what was good and what was bad. So, if, hey, if you wanted to listen to that, subscribe to our Patreon. We could get a million, hey, a million <laughs> Patreon subscribers. Now, that would be something we'd celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, we get a million Patreon subscribers, then that is cause for like an actual. We we would have the money to do a proper like international celebration with the people. True. Hey, if we have a million Patreon subscribers, where we get we'd be going on international tours everywhere. <laughs> we'd be checking stuff out. Get all your friends to sign up so we get a million people on Patreon. Everybody, that's the that's goal. That's what we're saying here. Stretch goal. <laughs> Stretch goal. <laughs> and a million patrons will go and say hi to all of you, every single one. We'll meet you in person. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 saying it now. I agree. We could do that. We're going on a whirlwind tour and we'll meet every single one of you. Um, <laughs> but not to we get a million patrons. Um, <laughs> You're going to set that what up we talking stretch about? Goal? Yeah, sure. What were we talking about? Nothing. Woo, celebrate. Done. We're celebrating. Next, but... next, next section. Are we, is that it? Next section? Oh, I was enjoying just talking about us because we're cool. I just don't know what else there is to talk about. True. I think we're done. Hi, Danny and Bill. Congrats on one million downloads. That's so many. You do such a good job of making a chill vibe, and listening to your show, it just feels like listening to friends I haven't met. Here's to the next million. Streetcar! So I put out a call on Discord if anyone had any questions, and a few people responded. I had, honestly, because we didn't notice that we had hit a million, we gave people very little time or warning. Look, if we were... You still got a good chunk. But hey, if we were proper, we would have said it, say on the podcast rather than just on our social media where we have a much smaller amount of people than we do on the actual podcast. So, hey, if you really wanted to send us questions or you really wanted to send in an audio message and you didn't get it, I'm so sorry. You should have joined the Discord. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe this is your wake-up call to get into our Discord and hang out with our cool fans. (laughs) Sorry. You're all lovely. If you just listen to the show, that's honestly the best thing you can do. Don't join our Discord. We don't want you. (laughs) So I'm having a look. I'm trying to go back to where I asked for the, some questions. Yeah, all right. So I assume we'll try to get through them all. If we miss one, then it's just oversight of Discord reading. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or maybe maybe if I didn't read your question, maybe it's because I secretly don't like you. No, that's terrible because I probably will just accidentally miss one. I love you all. First question is from Tom. Tom, who was a guest GM at the start of 
our last guest GM season with oh, Podland yep. Prison. Great. Uh, who asks, do you have any new show ideas that we might be seeing soon? Oh, I've definitely been considering a couple out there. There are definitely we've talked before about certain shows that we might do. Um and I, and I feel guilty because we've let well no, I, Solve This Murder has become so infrequent, right? Yep. Because trying to do that every week was just going to end up with a, some terrible quality and stuff. And it seems that even trying to do it once every 6 months is still feeling mm. really difficult. Um I'd still I'm still very excited to get another one. I know, out soon. I know, so am I. So we need to do that, but it's 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 a much harder show. So so I feel bad sometimes talking about other show ideas when I we have another show. I am concerned about how many of these questions are going to end with, "Yes, I know. I really <laughs> have to. God, this is terrible." But, uh, putting that aside, and that is coming back. It will be coming back. I'm I want to do another murder mystery. I'm very excited to do one. Uh, I gotta get. I'm. I'm. I'm on it now. I know how to solve them now. I've got it. Do you hear me solve the mysterious affair at Styles? It was great. Oh, that was not easy. <laughs> that was not easy. That's a weird mystery. One of the ones that we've always mentioned, I think, on and off. I feel like we've mentioned it on the show and not just to ourselves. Mm. That I still don't think will ever actually happen, but it's been one that we've wanted to do for ages. Is a is, a game show. Uh, well, there's a game. I was thinking of Charmed. Oh yeah, of Charmed. Course. I'm sure. Well, we recorded a couple of episodes of a Charmed one. Did we actually record? We those? totally did. Like oh. the first two episodes. So for people who don't know, Charmed, fantastic TV series. Well, from I mean, look, it's not. It's a TV. It's series. fantastic. It's brilliant. I love Charmed. I mean, yes, I love it, but I also acknowledge it is very much a show that has its flaws and things that need fixing. It That's okay. It's okay to does. love things that have flaws. That's why Billy. you married me. Um. Came out. When did that come out? The early two thousands? No. Or the late nineties? Mid late nineties. Like okay. Ninety eight to two thousand six. And just doing that as a as a just a literal just recapping of every episode. Talking about that. That is nothing new. That is not breaking any molds. It's not changing up the landscape of podcasting. It just would have been a fun thing as a fun project to do. Um, exactly. I have no there, idea. Aren't, there aren't that many charmed recap shows no. in the world of the recap shows. And we were going to call it Charmed, I'm sure, which is such a fantastic title. Mm. <laughs> The only problem is it doesn't fit the blank this blank uh, structure. That's honestly the thing that keeps us from doing the most shows, is we couldn't come <laughs> up with a good title that fits blank this blank. Charmed, I'm sure. Uh, it's a great title, but it doesn't fit, you know, uh, watch this witch. Watch this witch. No, awful. Terrible, right? They're all bad. Uh, we've talked before about doing like a trivia training show. Yeah. Where it's not, where it's like a trivia-based show that is not about like just asking people questions or answering questions, but about learning the lists and skills and, and fun new, like here's a new mnemonic to learn and all that sort of stuff. Biggest problem with this show is I hate saying the word mnemonic. Mnemonic? <laughs> mnemonic? Mnemonic. Mnemonic. I hate saying that it's word. It's very easy to accidentally like say mnemonic. Mnemonic. I, I think in um, one of our other episodes that we've recorded, I totally do that. We probably do. A lot. Uh, but that's because, like, Danny loves trivia. Uh, we both love trivia, but Danny's very good at trivia. She the hardest being... part is making it sound accessible format. Exactly. The hardest thing is, is trying to work that into a format that is interesting at all. Like, other than just being like, well, look, you'll find out in two weeks when you hear us trying to solve trivia uh, as a bonus episode for this show, where we spend a good amount of time talking about terrible mnemonics for African capitals. Mm. You'll f if you love it, let us know, because that could be a show. Um <laughs> So that was an idea. There has been one recently that we've been kicking yeah. around, which I think is the most likely to actually happen because I really like it as an idea and it's incredibly self-indulgent, but fun. <laughs> Do you want to describe what this idea is we've been kicking around? It goes into the educational podcast format it as does. well as just it's the educational. Fun it's the two of us just reading segments of Shakespeare and then dissecting them from normal people points of view rather than Shakespeare scholar points of view. Yeah. But 
definitely full on reading, acting them out, and then talking about them, seeing how we could do better, yeah. acting them out again properly. Not yeah, like I think probably not fully formed as the exact structure of it in our heads yet. But it's the idea of like you take you. It'd be like this first Just season single monologues, a is, single bit of conversation. Would you do? But would you do the whole? My in my head, it's doing the whole play. Oh it's yeah, like, like go through the whole play, but just piece then, by piece dissecting them, like exactly. not just us sitting down reading all of Act One and then having a little talk about it, mm. but putting it into smaller chunks like that. Yeah, it'd just be like it'd be the equivalent not of going to a Shakespeare performance because <laughs> we're not putting on a Shakespeare performance, but it's the equivalent of like going back to Year Nine English, but not being as bad at Shakespeare as a year nine English <laughs> student, I guess. It's the fun of, of being able to read through and be like, here's the scene, let's go, da-da-da-da. What actually, like, what is going on here? Like, what is this? Or even, uh, I think, having those moments, like, why, what is happening in this line? This line mm. I can't interpret. Why don't we try and find out and, and figure it out and what's yeah, going on? Yeah, we might on need and, to go into some weird language studies yeah, into some places. Yeah, talk about old, old English, like, Middle English linguistics. and Although that's not Middle English, it's early modern, isn't it? It's uh, like, that's, yeah. I feel like Shakespeare is, is the transition to modern English. Pretty from much. Middle English right before that. Yeah, um, Old English is German, Middle English is Chaucer, and yeah, everything and then, that we can still read yeah, is... Yeah, and I think Shakespeare <laughs> is just modern English, Yeah, but it's it's the mo- it's the kind of the furthest mm. removed time-wise. But it's fun, right? Shakespeare is something that everybody... I feel like even if you don't know it, everybody knows it. One of the other things I would love from that is the noting of all of the phrases that are Shakespearean, because there's always that classic oh, thing yeah. of, like, oh, Shakespeare invented X word and whatever. I, I don't necessarily even agree with that as a principle half the time. I think he didn't invent the words. He just wrote them down for the first time. Uh, and they were just, otherwise, why would he put them mm-hmm. in a play if no mm-hmm. one understood them? But there are definitely phrases that are Shakespearean phrases. All these weird little things that you go, I never realized that when we say... Like, give up the ghost? Give up the ghost. That's a, that's a quote from Shakespeare. That's, or, and, I lo- and I would love to find those as we go mm. and not know them. But like, Find ones that we suspect. Yeah, find ones that I reckon, hmm, I think we say that still. Uh, <laughs> I think it'd be a fun format. It'd be very self-indulgent because it's just us going through Shakespeare and talking about it, which we like yeah, doing. Without, like, but without being assuming, experts, yeah, which exactly. I think, is, I think is a nice element to it. We're I not... agree. I understand some people would probably roll their eyes and say, oh, these people have never studied Shakespeare officially in their lives, mm. which isn't true. I, I did do English at university. We hit a weird thing, which I feel is not covered very often. And I don't want to be mean about this because I don't think this is, I don't have any like mean intention to it. But I think a lot of the times when people are like, let's look at this, but not from an expert's perspective, they often, I think, deliberately, not through any uh, like issue with them, but they deliberately go swing quite far to be like, we'll be people who know nothing about this or think it's silly or we, you know, it's mm. like, we'll look at science from a non-science that perspective. That is very much a like, thing going too irreverent. So, exactly. Like saying, I know nothing about it, so I'm going to make fun of it. Exactly, right? It's like they swing too far. Whereas I think it's not it's not about like Shakespeare from a person who doesn't know Shakespeare's perspective or a or certainly people who not a person who doesn't like it's Shakespeare from an, like from a from an everyman kind of perspective. It's like a Shakespeare is not. It's I don't know. It's kind of like a demystifying. I think sometimes people with Shakespeare are like, you know, Shakespeare is this beautiful, high class, wonderful thing that exp- it, the very human spirit is expressed in the beauty of the words of the bard. And you're like, yeah, but it's not. Also, it's also just kind of dumb sometimes and fun and silly and. Mm. Is it, and I get that some people do that. It's like, a bit... You know, The Tempest just has a huge chunk of it where a couple of dudes get drunk and start going, you know, I love you, man. You're the best dude yeah. ever. So, like, It was like going and seeing, um, I recently went to, and I say recently, it was a while ago, a couple, it was a couple of months ago, probably. I went and saw oh, yeah, yeah. The Magic Flute, 
No, uh, no, not the magic flute. Not the magic flute. Sorry, Marriage of Figaro. Marriage of Figaro is great fun. This is obviously this is not Shakespeare. This is a, a, a Mozart. Mozart opera based on a De Beaumarchais. No, oh boy, I think it's De Beaumarchais <laughs> who wrote the original play. Whatever. It was originally a play, and it was and, and the plays were like the most famous play. Like it was at the time that Marriage of Figaro was written, it was like everyone in Europe was obsessed with Marriage of Figaro. And then Mozart, like a hundred years later, went, I'll make an opera out of it. And it was great. It's fun. It's a great musical. It, this, if you look at the plot elements, the plot beats it's of that. It's a slapstick fast. It is. It's a sitcom. It yeah. is. Like, if you were going to do it now, like, you'd be like, great, get, you know, or like if you made it in the 90s, you'd get Ted Danson to play the, the, the uh, Duke, right? It was, it was pure just like. That kind of like, like, or like Frasier. It was that kind of farce, nonsense, slapstick. It was silly. Like, if anyone's like, oh, go to the opera, it's so highbrow, you go, no, it's not. Have you heard of the plot of Marriage of Figaro? It's stupid. <laughs> and it knows it's stupid. It's not trying to be highbrow. It's only highbrow now because it has become like a classist, educated thing. But it was not classist Turns and Turns out people have been people for a while. Yeah, it's like these are just people being dumb people. Like Shakespeare is fantastic. It is some of the most beautiful language and poetry and and like great. But it's also just good in the same way that you can watch a movie nowadays and be like, oh, that dialogue was really nice. That Like it's great written dialogue. It's also, but it can also be in really dumb scenes mm. and really silly things. And I think it should be a fun way to break it down. So if they, hey, if that sounds fun to you, bug us and we'll, ma- and we'll actually make it. Um, but that's the idea, I think, at the moment that is foremost in our most, head. Yeah, for sure. So next suggestion is apparently that we uh, play a confetti sound every time a puzzle is correctly solved. Uh, that doesn't apply to this episode yet. Yet. But we'll also, see what happens. I'm, not, I'm not adding any confetti sounds. Sorry. What? No confetti sounds for you. Why? What's a confetti sound? <laughs> Tell you what. You, you make that sound that you just made. Uh-huh. Right as I make my sound. Okay. And I'm just gonna, not going to make... This is what we're going to use in if, if we solve any puzzles. All, All right, right sure. On the count of three. On three? On, yeah, I'm doing it with my hand. Okay. Great. That's the sound. We'll use that. <laughs> Hi, Danny and Bill. It's Molly from Northern California. Congratulations on one million downloads. I love your podcast, and I honestly can't even remember how I started listening to it, but it has inspired me to start doing some real-life escape rooms. Congratulations. All right, Red Viking on Discord asks, what has been the most surprising thing for you in the last five years? What will be the most surprising thing in the next five years? Oh, boy. So I'd say um, probably coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) That, That really came out of nowhere. That really shocked me. And then, and then, hey, you notice that people didn't even band together that well? There's a lot of issues. It made a lot of social issues kind of pop up. Yeah. Really surprising. <laughs> I would have thought that people would have done better. Okay, sorry. I don't think that's what you meant. Um, most surprising thing in the last five years. Now, I would say mm. the level of internationalness that we've suddenly got. Like, I am a massive homebody. Everything I do is here. I don't even like going outside very often. It gives me a headache sometimes. <laughs> And yet our audience, hardly anyone in Australia. No. It's every other country. True, Which true. really surprises me how, um, I don't know, I want to say cosmopolitan, but that's almost the opposite. But just, yeah, how, how worldly I've gotten. <laughs> that's fair. Surprising. <laughs> like, I don't want to be weird about this because I wouldn't say that I was, like, while we had no expectation that people would listen to the show and that we'd get to a million downloads. <sighs> um, 
Um, I also don't want to be unnecessarily humble and say I'm surprised that anybody listened to the show. Right? I think from the beginning we made a good show and I was proud of what we made from day one. But so, that is never a guarantee of anything. No, I was in no way expectant of it, but I was not surprised. I was like, oh my God, people actually like it? I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. People should like this. Uh, and, and so it wasn't a surprise. It was something I appreciated. I think maybe I was surprised though, purely because I didn't have any of the, like it's something that never happened to me before. I think I was surprised at how much we became part of like the industry of escape rooms. Yeah, that's very interesting you know, as a point. We, we had fans who were escape room owners and designers and the, the ease at which it was accepted that like, Danny, you are a room designer. You are part of that community. I suppose if I thought know? about it, at the very least, I would have thought that people who go to the actual effort of making real rooms uh, would have looked down on us for yeah, taking a really so. cheap, easy way out. And I think the 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 ease with which the community was so like supportive and engaging of a new project, but also so accepting of like, well, this is the level you're on now. Like, there's no there's no delineation. There's not like. We aren't stratified here. They're the real designers, and then there are bad designers. It's just like everybody is just kind of working together and to immediately be a lovely community. It's nothing like, I had no expectation of that, right? And it wasn't even like, it was a community that is waiting to accept new people. Like, we Mm. had people contact us. We didn't have to go and say, hey, hey, will you talk to us? Will you give us advice? We're little beginners here. No, people just reached out to us and said, hey, welcome. That was lovely. It was it was really nice because like I think if you compare it to something else, like so many people do like D and D podcasts, and right? Very few of them engage with each other. But also, I can't imagine starting a D and D podcast of just like we're doing an actual play of Minds of Fandelva and expecting or being or like that you will be part of the tabletop role playing design community. Yeah, that like you won't get an email from Matt Mercer welcoming you to it. Yeah, to be like, hey, we're all the same now. Or like that you won't get stuff from Wizards of the Coast being mm. like, hey, you want to hang out and help design some new thing with us? You'd be like, cool, there's a stratified thing. There's the giants of industry who control the the D D. There's Wizards of the Coast and the D D world and that's a that's a big multinational company. Obviously they're never going to notice or care about me. And then there's the huge people in the entertaining D D space. And then there's people like me. And and it would feel more stratified. I might be wrong, but that's kind of the impression. I think there's no expectation that you would become. Yeah, the escape room business doesn't have any particular hierarchy that I'm aware of. Well, there's us. And then there's uh, <laughs> Infinite Escape Room below her. <laughs> no, that's so mean. Go listen to Infinite Escape Room. They're lovely. Um, and then there's all the people who design real boring mud rooms. The, the, the meat space rooms for, <laughs> for losers who go out. Um, no, and I, I think I was surprised by that. And, and I think it's not surprising now. Now that we know. Now that we know. But I think no understanding of how nice that industry is and how... Spread out yeah, and that's... small, but big. It's but true. Like, like, it's I've always a, said I never community. wanted to start my own business. That seemed like an insane mm. thing to do. I have parents who start their own business and they work nonstop. So it was never my intention. So actually getting involved with people who are doing this as a business, that, was, that caught me off guard. Mm. But also, yes, I think anytime someone reaches out to us, was, was always surprising. That's like, oh, we didn't have to reach out to you. Any guests who have been like, hey, I have this going on and I would love to be a guest. Like, I still remember the morning we got um, the email from like Neil Patrick Harris. who was just like, hey, I want to be in your show. I found it. It's great. It was like, that was just like, well, I would never have expected something like that. No. Um, and, but it's, and it's the same for when like 
Errol reached out at the beginning and yeah. said, hey, I love your show and I want to help support it and get it to places. A a anybody who reached out and just says, I've got this thing going on. I'm part of this project. I do this. I make these. I, and, I, and I love your show and I want to be on it. It's always very surprising. It's always mm -hmm. like, oh, other people care about our show. It's not just us. And, and, I, and they were all really lovely moments. And it's not to say we don't reach out to people. Uh, oh, we, that's oh, the point. Yeah. We reach out to everybody all the time. Um, so it's nice. Yeah. I, I really like that. The only other surprising thing I would say, again, just bringing it back to me more than the show, is I've been writing forever, mm. like since I was seven when I first discovered that writing stories was a thing that anyone was allowed to do. They didn't <laughs> yep. have to be printed in existing books. Sure. And at no point did it occur to me that the thing I would end up writing would be in a different medium than just straight up. Yeah, true. Novel style stories. Yeah. So that's been a really interesting change. And now I keep seeing people online looking for writing advice and saying, oh, is it okay that my writing doesn't feel like these sorts of books? In fact, sometimes I, I only like focusing on dialogue. It's all, and I just sit there thinking, maybe you're writing in the wrong format and you just don't know it. Mm, yeah, You maybe probably you, haven't even considered it. Maybe if you love writing dialogue and you hate writing description, maybe you should write a script. Yeah. Maybe and you should it, write a play. Maybe you should write a movie. Maybe you should write an audio drama. And apparently it's the sort of thing that just doesn't hit people because it didn't hit me. No. Yeah, there's something about the, like the allure of the of the novel. That... It's just an expectation, yeah. Not more than an allure. Yeah, it's just fair. the one you grow up knowing about. That's what you grow up reading. No one grows up reading scripts. No. Then the, the the other part half of this question was what will be the most surprising thing in the next five years? And I don't know if that's how that works. I think if we predict it, it won't be surprising. The most surprising thing will be um, when we get a Peabody. Oh, thanks. That's nice. I didn't expect that. A Peabody? Are you kidding me? Are we allowed Peabodies? I don't even think we were allowed Peabodies. Um, no, it's Pulitzers that have to be American, isn't it? Or oh, at maybe. least about well, we'll America. That. That'll be most surprising. We'll get a Pulitzer. A Pulitzer from the Republic of California? Whoa, <laughs> when did that happen? Um, <laughs> um, maybe that'll be surprising. It'll be surprising if... To get a Fields Medal. A Fields Medal. Ooh, we'll we don't still have be a, long. We'll still be applicable for that for the next five years. Yeah, we got... Well, I got Eligible, like, that's what I meant. We got like eight, nine years to yep. win a Fields Medal. <laughs> we got to do some maths. We got to get out there. Um, I don't know what would be surprising. I mean, honestly, there's things that would be bad that would be surprising. I would be surprised if we lost all our listenership and it completely dropped off. That's true. Maybe we'll get cancelled. Maybe we'll get I don't know what canceled. I'm going to say. Who knows? Maybe when it's revealed that Australia doesn't exist and it's been a hoax the whole time, people will turn on us. Uh -huh. Interesting. I don't know what would be surprising. Uh, we make NFTs. That, hey, <laughs> that would surprise me. Um, you know, I don't know. Escape coin. Yeah, yeah, maybe it would be. I think maybe it would be surprising to get like, and because and, it wouldn't be an expectation, right? Would be like a sudden sort of like, actual like mainstream mainstream kind of growth i think even for the biggest podcasters that sort of stuff rarely happens they're like if you're in the podcasting world it's like you will know about all these huge podcasters and then anybody who's not will just be like i've never these people don't exist mm. you've never like we've <laughs> yes. had that before we've had guests on we've been like this is so exciting for us these are huge people we have in the no one in world. our human lives that we can tell but if you tell someone else they'll be like i've never heard of these people uh -huh. because they're not on tv or in a movie I saw. And so, or, you know, it's like, okay, cool, that's fair. That's very reasonable. So I think, like, existing in, like, a mainstream context would be incredibly surprising. I would, be, I would love it, but it would be incredibly surprising. I wouldn't expect it. But it could happen. You never know how the, how the mainstream no media landscape will change. It may be something that is more common for podcasters in general 
in the next five years. And then we'll save uh, Tom Hanks's life when mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. Uh, drowning I- in the water near where we live and we save him and he's like, oh, you saved me. <laughs> do you have a podcast I can listen to? And we're like, oh my God, we do. And, so, and, then, he, and, then, and then it'll be national news, like podcasters save Tom Hanks from drowning. Listen to Escape This Podcast. And I can't believe that you made it. Tom Hanks uh, want to listen to our podcast but not be on our podcast. Oh, no, he's too busy for that. Um, so, not now, he's recovering from drowning. Well, you're right. But, then, but he can't talk. He has uh, sort of water in his throat. He, can only, he becomes a mime for the next two years, but he definitely can't do the podcast. But no, it's very hard to say what will be the most surprising. I reckon that no matter where it ends up, by this time in five years, we're going to be surprised at what our main focus is. Like Even if it is still doing exactly what we're doing now, escape this podcast at the forefront. Mm. I think that's also a surprise as much as anything yeah, else. True. But that's always the interesting thing with, with like, we may do, we may become, like, in five years, we, we may be known as those Shakespeare people. It's hey, possible. did you know they once did an escape room thing? Yeah, right. Do you know they still do this escape room thing? Nobody cares. We all want to hear them it's very talk curious. about bottom. Oh, because after we do the Shakespeare... Uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. We move on to recreating the scripts of episodes of Bottom, starring uh, Rick yep. Mail and Aid Edmondson. Um, that's that's where we go from there. Uh, Sounds like okay. Us. Th- we're going to move on. We've been talking for way too long, but it's that's, a million downloads. That's everybody. how we go. Oh wait, somebody asked. Tom wants to add triumphant trumpet sounds after the confetti sounds. Oh no! All right, here we go. Uh, I'm going to count three, two, one. Uh, on my fingers. I'm gonna what go are we doing? On and on. Say on three. I'm yeah. going to Make a trumpet sound. Oh, a okay, no problem. Sound, right? And we'll just see, we'll hope they're in tune with each other. Okay. Okay. Alright, we'll add that to the confetti as well. That was God. much more in tune than I expected this it to be. This is going to take so much effort. I have to edit these in, guys. <laughs> Hello, it's Zoe from England here. Congratulations, Bill and Danny, on your millionth download. I'm shocked you didn't get there sooner. Um, I just wanted to say congrats and thank you for making me feel smart when I solve a puzzle before your players. Oh, this was a fun one. Um, from Mindy the Whittle Princess. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Discord names are weird. I want to know what room we would most like to see become a real life escape room. Practicality of puzzles aside. Huh. Just if it was a real room, what would be the most fun? I have no idea. What would be the best real room? You're going to have to get up our episode list here. Oh my gosh. An episode list? That's too much effort. All right. Uh, let's get this podcast. No, I'll go to Consumers Media and go to our list there. Consumers Media. Let's go to Escape This Podcast. Let's go to our episode list. Season one Bathroom, Razor Face, Lair, Catwalk, Witch's Tower, The Spy One, Tooth Trouble. Toys are escape. Importance of being escapists. Trapped in tomorrow today. I'm going to say probably not season one ones in general no. because I was trying to be a lot more normal escape yes, room Yes, they for were those. more trying to... We have Children of My Saris. Yeah. That had some stuff going on, but there's nothing yeah. super wild about that that would be notable. What do you think? In season three, we've got gyms, uh, hen, uh, uh, egg thieves, <laughs> oh, uh, bars, summer rooms, a party, uh, uh, high voltage. High voltage would be fun, but very normal. But I could definitely do a high mm. voltage. Inconvenience store, ten pin panic, room with a review. Kind of, well, these aren't ours. Kinds of puzzle, Christmas special. Which Christmas special? That was too many Santas. <laughs> and then we've got all of our Simpsons names. There are ghost cars all over these highways. Uh, okay, so I just sent to the Culloden's. Toast to the host who can boast the most ghost. I'd kill you if I had my gun. I need a bath. I think 
To center the Culloden's as an entirety could be really cool. To see an entire house decked out where each of the rooms in the house is its own escape room. Be a funny one. Would be a cool thing to do. I would love to see that be real, mm. actually. Imagine it's a, it's a ghost house, and it is like the sequential storyline-based series of escape rooms that are each rooms in a large mansion. Yeah. I, obviously, be... practicality aside, yeah. it's super tough to do. Someone would have to put a couple of million but into it. But also, you could do it. You I just think need it's to be not impossible. I think to center the colour. You need a lot of SFX budget. You go to England, you buy one of those um, Old man- manors that people are trying to get rid of because yep. they cost so much money to maintain, and you'd fix it up into a descent of the Culloden's house. And you do the whole thing. And it would start with the drive over. Well, you'd have stick them in a terrifying. car and lock them in. Yeah, terrifying. The center of the Culloden's could be a really fun one to do. Season five, we've got the magic room, a bakery, stay golden puzzle boys, which I believe is uh, Olympics. the Olympics. We've got double, double toad and puzzle. That was fun. <laughs> Best fraudster in a supporting role. <laughs> Goblins and bandits and dragons. Oh my. Big Dungeons and Dragons style one would be fun. Clear and Christmas present cool. danger is apparently what I called that one. The Aussie Christmas. The one that I'm sort of thinking of most is our most recent Christmas episode. Oh, yeah. If that were possible. You being the toys, we haven't done many rooms where you are an interesting sort of character or a non-human character, Mm. but we've done it a couple of times in the real world and it's good fun. And this one, I kind of like the switch up that it has of, okay, here's your goal. And then halfway through, oh, oh boy, you screwed no, up bad. And let's go back. Because often when a twist happens in an escape room, it happens right at the end when you've only got but one it's nice puzzle like left. like a middle twist. Yeah, maybe. A middle twist is fun. Yeah, and I don't know what else. What else found is a lot of fun. Chronomaly was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really tough. I reckon, for me, Culloden's. I reckon doing the entirety of Culloden's in a big old mansion house would be the coolest. It'd be one I'd be most excited to go and do. That's a pretty cool idea. I think also one of the uh, What Alice Founds was set in a movie theatre and, quite frankly, having a movie theatre to run around. That would be fun as well. That's what Alice Found could be very cool. Like a little kind of Truman Show area. That's all, just... <laughs> all right, so we buy a town. We buy a town. Stick it at, um, you know, Universal Studios. They do it. Mm. We should, let's do What Alice Found. Let's pitch it to Universal Studios as a Truman Show thing because they'll have the IP, surely. And then we make it, and we and they put a whole Truman Show episode that's all escape rooms. Could be. Isn't one of the big theme parks in America putting in escape rooms now? I mean, well, I assume they'll be the quick style, get a bunch of people through at once. Not this but... one. Let's do it. Oh. Yeah, what about that Disney Island? You know, the one off Disney that they were going to use for Mist or whatever and then abandoned. So now yeah. there's just an abandoned Disney Island. Let's take yeah, that. let's do that. Let's write an abandoned Disney Island room. <laughs> Alan Koo. Alan Koo. Asks... What? It was, uh, Alan Koo was the... Uh... Was the ghost? He was a ghost. In, in... I don't remember giving him a and voice. He had his voice. I don't remember that. A man coo. Now I think we've answered this question a few times in our lives, which is the how did you get started, both with Escapery and the podcast. Oh yeah, we've we've, we've talked about this. I'm sure that in in various other interviews that we've done in various places. Podcast was mostly because we wanted to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. We had recently started doing escape rooms. We were trying out a whole bunch of ideas. I still remember. I've told this before, but we were hanging out in our old apartment with uh, Greg Hatton, who is the designer of our artwork, our, our logos. And we sat and we just spent a day recording ourselves, brainstorming possible ideas for what a podcast could be. I do not remember that. You did. Was I there? Yes, you were there. And we were just talking Do we have this recording? About, uh, I don't think so. But we were just trying to come up with like, what could this be? Do you remember anything this? else this? that we said? Absolutely nothing. 
But it was just any basic idea we were talking about because we didn't know. All I remember is saying no to stuff. You, that's what you were doing. That's my job. Um, and it was just lots of like, we could do this, we could that. But most of them ended up just being like the, let's kind of talk about something or let's talk about this or let's come up with a topic and someone, pres- you know, and it's, and it's the same sort of stuff that a lot of shows do. And it doesn't feel like we're really making something or really design. And eventually we were talking about maybe doing actual play stuff. And I think we then talked about, I, th- I think it was you who suggested the idea of I think it doing was an me. escape room, whether that would work. And we thought, I have no idea if that would work. Let's give it a try right now. Let's improv the idea of what it would sound like. And I was very much taken with that. I thought this sounds fun. Yeah, it's because I like I, I like GMing or not even so much GMing uh, mm. RPG campaigns, but I enjoy the writing process of it. Yes, for sure. true. Yeah, you very much because you had probably you were probably running a campaign at that point. You were Maybe probably running like the Dragon Age campaign or that we were playing or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and you just went, "Yep, lots of note taking. I'm good with that." We had done a couple of escape rooms, and it just started, sort of fit. And we so we gave it a try. It was our most engaging idea that made us actually excited about creating something proper. Yeah, my biggest problem was I didn't want to read Wikipedia articles. I didn't feel qualified to be talking about anything non-fiction. Mm. Like, making stuff up is all I know. And now we think we're going to do a Body Shakespeare podcast. <laughs> Ridiculous. Look at how we've changed. What the most surprising thing in the last five years. Um, <laughs> in terms of getting started with escape rooms, we've probably talked about less. Um, and I don't it's think it's much of a story. I had faintly heard about him existing. Lawrence Lung had done a special on TV where he talked about escape rooms. Oh, that's fun. Uh, and went and did one. It was a very quiet, peaceful sort of room that was just a granny flat in yes, someone's backyard. Yes, I remember that special. You're right. I think that, that was a Lawrence Lung thing. Yeah, I think that was the first yeah. time I had seen escape rooms. And we didn't get to see any puzzles or anything, so I didn't really know what to expect from it. But the concept of a place where you go to do puzzles, Yeah. why haven't exciting. I heard of this before? And I remember that, that that TV piece was pitched with the idea of, like, no no one watching this knows what an escape room is. Mm. But here's two, two, two people in Australia in a granny flat, uh, which... I don't know if granny flat is meaningful to people overseas. Like a like a, a little uh, like a bungalow. A, a small <laughs> a small mini house in their backyard. Yeah. I'm sure maybe you call it a granny flat. That's as well. what it was. I'm pretty sure it was people wanted to do this escape room. They just knock on the front door and then the people would open the door and say, Great, go around the side, it's in the back. Yeah, and they'd just go to the back room, open it up, go inside and solve all the it was puzzles. Very and different. Like, and I wonder who those people were. We should try and find yeah. Maybe we know them. Maybe it's people who have gone on to make again. I'm really curious. other cool stuff. You know who, you, who those people are? Tell us. I'd are you here? To. Are you here? Do you listen to the show? And you know, that was, we'd seen that never had done one. It but immediately even then, sounds like a cool oh, idea. No, and then uh, another couple that showed up on Pop Culture, I think before I had done one, Big Bang Theory did an escape room episode where it was really underwhelming. Mm. And was that before we had done any? I think so. That room was terrible on the show. Appalling. Like, the final thing that they had to find was all of the clues were just leading them to search a specific area that was imminently searchable. Mm. They could have left in five seconds yeah, if they had bad, just happened to lift design. the right object. Bad design. Atrocious. Uh, so, yeah, that didn't give me any impression. And then the final one was Felicia Day doing one on YouTube. And all I remember, I think it was a scary-themed room. All I remember was them freaking sprinting in, sprinting, screaming, <laughs> yelling. It was like they had 30 seconds to get in and out of the well, room. And again, that completely terrified me. Did we watch Janet Varney's no. Escape before we had done an no, Escape? No, we was did after not. That was some. definitely after. Okay, cool. Because those ones made sense at that time. <laughs> True. But yeah, this was one. These were my different impressions of escape rooms. Really quiet, confusing places in someone's backyard. Or super backyard, scary horror rooms. Or 
Definitely super scary horror rooms, live actors, and screaming. You do not have enough time. You are definitely going to lose. Because mm. I think with all that screaming and running, they got out with like 30 seconds to spare. How funny. And so I had no idea. And I was too intimidated to actually yeah. book one. But your mother went and did one Well, first, that's the thing. She? It turned out my family had done a couple of them together. My mum, aunts, uncles, cousins, a couple of them were a little escape room group now. And they'd done a couple. And at one point... One of my cousins was sick, so I filled in, just like cards last night. I think I filled in for Carly. <laughs> um, yeah, one of my cousins was sick, so I was thrown in as the fill-in. This was my first experience with one. It was a pretty solid room, but I didn't know what I was doing, even a little bit, so it was very good that I had other people who had done one or two with me. It, it, it's weird to have your mum get into it before you, but yeah, that's how it goes. And then you did one without me, and then... Immediately, I, I felt one. confident enough to go into the others. And yeah, it was great. And I believe we did the, the first room that we did, we needed a group of four. And I want to say that we did it w alongside uh, the people who are our guests on episode four of the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Our catwalk all or nothing guests. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they're the good escape, escape room with, And it was fantastic. We did great. We wasted a lot of time looking for stuff. Uh, we did had some terrible search fails. I disassembled something I shouldn't have disassembled. But other than that, we were, it was great. You didn't fully disassemble it. No, I didn't. I just started. Well, so yeah, that's how we got started. Yeah, it's not an amazingly interesting story for that one, but that's it. All right. Uh, Asandra mm -hmm. asks, uh, did that book ever come along? No. Uh, uh, which one are we talking? I believe that would be turning our first season oh. into a collected book uh, yeah, for yeah. publishing. So I have spent some time and I'm really annoyed because yeah, we had this as a Patreon goal to look at and I've been looking at it every so often and it's way harder than I expected it to be. Mm. I thought it would just be basically take the notes, put them on a prettier, prettier font, hire an artist to draw some pictures. Uh, apparently there's a lot more to it than that because... If we were to do it that way, it would become like 800 pages. Or it's somehow huge. I've done all the calculations. They don't work. Yeah. So, and we also wanted to rewrite some of those rooms yeah. and change them up. So it is still a, a, an idea. It could still be a lot of fun. I still want it to be a thing. I think it may tweaking. still have to be when we have more time and resources because Perhaps. it feels very... It feels like there's some really fundamental steps about this business of mm. getting a book published that I do not know. Yeah, it's still on the ideas list, but no, no real progress made. Oh, oh uh, and then was the Egyptian Exploration Guest Puzzle Maker Collab episode room ever released? No, we never fully finalised. No, I mentioned that, that some of these questions were going to make me go, damn it, yes. That's not even a, a big issue that we could definitely do. We, we've got all the notes. We've got it all together. I might have it, to re-listen exactly, to some of the notes. Exactly. We'd have and, to go back and re-listen to the audio. We should do that. We should give that, the a, audio, give that a proper Find thing. the notes. I don't know which of my notebooks those are And have are someone to, to play it through. We should yeah, definitely follow up on that. we absolutely should. Because we designed that again. That was for, for people who are listening uh, as a Patreon bonus um, during one of our guest GM seasons. We got each of those guest GMs to help us design a room together. And we all worked together to design a room for a behind-the-scenes series. But we never published that room. So we should get on that. We should. It's, it's been designed, so we can definitely do that. Uh, an idea for the episode, this is still from Asandra, uh, uh, make a compilation montage by getting a lot of people who are guests on the show to say nice things. Now, we haven't done this with guests, Aww. but we have done it with audience members, like uh, this one that you're out to hear right now. Welcome to Congratulate This Podcast, in which I, Matthijs, am going to congratulate Bill and Jenny for all those downloads. I really like the show. One of my favorite bits about it is the way Bill edits uh, the, the little eureka moments and those little pause to think moments. I think it was really
actually add something. So there you go. Look, you probably heard some others as we were going. Yeah, and again, um, it could have been super cool if we could make one mega montage. But one, I, I worry about having too much being too self-indulgent. True. But, but then mostly... again, here's another one. Hey, Bill and Danny, it's Ashley and Eric Sutherland from Oakville, Ontario, Canada. In the last four years, we have escaped every podcast, played every game, and solved every murder. You guys have given us hours of entertainment and joy. Congratulations on your million downloads and I hope you have a million more. But mostly, we only gave people like two days. Yeah, we didn't give people time to do these. Again, we should have mentioned it on the show, we didn't. If you wanted to send one, sorry, you missed out. Uh, but yes, we only got a few. Um, oh, and here's Just one. Just download, download a lot of times, then we'll get to two million quickly and we'll have to do it again. Mm. Um, Asanda's next suggestion mm-hmm. is uh, Bill, run an escape room for Danny. <laughs> we had talked about that. Um, yeah, okay, I can do that. Okay. Here we go. Okay, so I saw this comment and we had talked about this before on the Discord as something that would be fun to do for a special and I completely forgot about it and I didn't do anything. And so when it came up again in the Discord, I said, there's no way I could do that. I don't have anything prepared and we need to record this very soon. But then, Danny, you believed in me. This is true. And so last night <laughs> I did, I designed a room. It took, I didn't, look, for people who want to play this at home, there is no script for it. I designed it last night. Quite quickly. It, I don't know how long it will take. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to be interesting. I don't know if any of the puzzles are going to make sense. But I've designed it. I've done a single pass over it. I haven't re-looked at my notes. I haven't gone back to change anything. I, I, I just put the notes together last night. So let's see how it goes. It's mostly let's the descriptions will all be improvised. But the basic structure I have played out. I'll be very interested to interview about it afterwards. So here we go. I'm so, I don't know how to start it. I don't have a script to intro. Danny, you are Danny Elsa. Apparently. You have been so happy with yourself. You, your podcast hit a million downloads. Oh, no, it's not. And so you need to do something to celebrate. And so what do you do to celebrate the same thing that you always do? You go to the nearest amusement park and you jump on a roller coaster. Okay, all right. You love roller coasters. You've always loved them. You've never been scared of them ever as a child. Recent conversations coming up here. And you thought, what better way to celebrate a million downloads is to go by yourself without your husband to a a theme park and jump on a roller coaster. I wouldn't not do it, maybe. Depends on the roller coaster. You get into your cart and you're very excited. Obviously, it's not a very busy day. Maybe it's... Of course not. Maybe Who it's goes not to a theme park holidays. on a busy day? Maybe it's, maybe it's a, th- a Tuesday during a busy part of mm-hmm. the year, but there's nobody else around. You have the entire roller coaster to yourself. And this because you always like want to be, ex- because you always love getting right ahead of things and, and experiencing it from the front, you decide, I'm going to get in the front car. Okay. There are five cars lined up, and you jump in the front car of five. Should I be drawing? Now you can start drawing. Oh, okay. Your car leaves the little. St- uh, I don't even know what to call this. The docking area? Sure. You leave the docking area in your car and you go down and you start winding your way through the course. The directions don't hugely matter, but I'll tell you what you pass on your way through this lovely roller coaster. It starts at a fairly leisurely pace as you go past uh, a series of fun little, I want to call them like goblin characters, standing by <laughs> the side of the 
cart and they start to spray you with water. Oh, yeah. Not the sure. most enjoyable way to start a ride, but maybe it's thematic. Maybe this is the goblin ride. You didn't really notice coming on, but these little figures have a little hose and they spray oh. you as you go past. <laughs> I totally drew them spraying out of their mouths. They could spray out of their mouths as well. They're squirtle like, goblins. Well, like, however you want to view these goblins. Yeah, they're little squirtle goblins and they go, Psh, and they spray. And it's a bit irritating, but the sun's out. It's a nice day. You'll dry off soon enough. After a little while, you start to go up and up and up. The cart clinks into place as the track starts to ratchet below you, bringing mm-hmm. you closer and closer to the top of a huge drop. And as you reach the top, suddenly, vroom, you go down the drop. You've picked up speed. The acceleration of the cart is exhilarating as you start to hit a full loop. You go up, up, over, upside down, and then you continue on. You finish the loop. Immediately, the cart hits a sort of series of bends as you go left and right and left and right around these bends. Passing, they've planted some sort of vegetation and shrubbery here just to give you something to look at between the bends and to, and to hide them. Uh, you notice especially there's some, like, cactuses in that area. They don't look super well taken care of, but they're there trying to block off the view between loops. Okay. Talking about blocked off view, as soon as the loops straighten out, you go down into a dark cave. Yay. It's a tunnel area with no lighting inside. The whole thing is, is dark and you can't see it all. The cart moves around and flicks and flips and flops. And you don't know what to expect because you can't see the track ahead of you. After not too long, you come out back into the light, around the little bend and up towards a sort of circular platform. Again, as you go into the platform, you get into a slightly dim area. It's, it's like a little hut almost. You can't see much in the hut. There's maybe some markings on the walls, maybe something slightly blinking. You've got a little bit of time to appreciate the things you can't see in this hut because it slowly, slowly rotates. The track piece that you're on starts to turn around with all five cars and it ejects you back out the other side backwards. Yeah. You do a backwards drop, come up to another rotating platform, rotate forwards again, and... The cart arrives smoothly back at the docking station. I like backwards. But it doesn't stop. Ah. It continues on past the docking station, past the goblins, up the hill, through the loop, the bends, into the tunnel, back out, the backwards drop. Okay, now it must be done. You arrive back at the docking station, but it just continues on. No braking. In fact, it seems like you're picking up speed. On about your fourth trip through (laughs) this course, you notice someone standing in the uh, docking station. And as you approach, they say, That's right, it's me! Your podcasting success has made it impossible for me in my cool new escape room podcast. (laughs) If if you never release another episode... Oh, sorry, oh, she's gone. (laughs) You do the rest of your trip and you come back around one more time. As I was saying, if you never release another episode, then mine will be the premiere... You really shouldn't have started over from the beginning again. Oh, okay. Oh, she's back. Mine will be the premier escape room podcast and I'll have all the... Fans, I'll get them and you'll never have another episode released. Goodbye. Okay, thank and they, you. And they leave and they go down thank the stairs. explaining. Having trapped you on this roller coaster. Well, brains don't work very well on roller coasters. I might be screwed. So what are you going to do? You need to get off this well, roller coaster. Yeah, tell me about what I'm in. What, what is this cart like? How trapped am I? So the I'm cart that you are in quite a bit. is the front cart of five. Yep. There are four cars right. linked behind you. There really isn't a huge amount in here. You're sitting on a small seat. You've got a bar 
keeping you trapped down into the seat. And there is the floor below you where your feet are sitting. And, you know, if you leaned around, you could probably see across to part of your car or maybe to the car behind you. But there's really not much to interact with. Are the carts, from what I can see by leaning my head out, labelled in any way? So if you look at the carts behind you, you see that the one directly behind you does have a label on it. It's got an, a, a, an image on it. No words, no, no logos or writing, just an image of somebody in a roller coaster going up the ramp. Okay. It looks like almost like a silhouetted cross-section of hmm. perhaps part of this course. You're not sure. But it's just a cart going up the ramp. Okay. Um, any other cars behind you, behind that one, you can't quite see. They're all obviously on the same kind of level as you. They immediately become hidden by the cart behind you. So you can only see the illustration that's on the front of that cart. How curious. Don't know what I could use that as an instruction for at this stage. That's curious. All right, well, let's just go around the track and take a look at things. Based on where I've drawn myself, it looks like the next thing that's happening is a big drop. Anything to note about this big drop, or is it just a big, scary drop? It's just drop? a big, scary drop. It picks you up speed to get through the loop. And then, yep, big loop, and then some uh, plants and cactuses. Yeah, so as you go through the bends, you, you see that there are some cactuses there. In fact, one stands out to you. It's got a very long, sharp cactus spike, longer than you would expect from a normal cactus. You can't reach it or anything. Mm. And a big part of that is that the cactus itself is quite shriveled up. Oh. It uh, looks like it hasn't, even for a cactus, it has not gotten enough water oh, in, at wow. any point. Cactus like to contain and hold that water and swell up a little bit. And this one is far from succulent. Except as for this suc- one spike. Go. It has one strong spike, That's but the rest of the body the is quite shriveled down. Uh, and so the whole plant is... is You can't really interact with it in any way. All right. Curious. And so then I go through the completely dark area. I assume at this stage there's not much I can do with that. It's dark. Then going into this bit where I've slowed down, I'm not able to just jump off in this slowed down hut area? Well, you could jump off, but the bar is is quite tight on you. It doesn't look like it's going to release until the cart comes to a stop. They don't want to make it possible. With children who get on these rides, you don't want to make it possible for people to squeeze out of their seat if you can help it. Interesting. You mentioned something blinking in here. Yeah. So as you go up, you see that there's a panel on the wall that seems to be blinking. You get a good view of it as you slowly get pivoted around facing it, but it's a little bit dim. You can't quite see it. It could be a number pad, perhaps, uh, with, with digits zero to nine that you could just sort of press with your finger. But... Aside from the fact that it's out of reach, it's too dim to be quite sure exactly what it is. Mm. And some writing on the walls, perhaps. Something was going on on the walls. Yes, perhaps, again, just above the keypad, it says something. Oh, same area? Yeah, it's the same sort of area. You can't, again, you can't quite make it out. Hmm. All right. So then, really, the only other things left are the original platform again. Anything to note about that? No, you you go past it. You see that it's where you would stop, but there's no, like, emergency stop controls or anything. Perhaps they're down at the base of the staircase that led up here rather than at the top. Mm -hmm. Seems unsafe, but that's where they've put the controls, it seems. Interesting. And then the goblins. Well, I glare at them. They they spray water straight in your face. Great. I open my mouth. (laughs) You can't quite catch oh, it in your on. mouth. And I reach up and catch it in my hands. <laughs> I want you, this water, You Billy. catch it in your hands, but by the time you've gone through the loop and, and up and down the thing, it seems to have like, well, poured out Well, this is why I fingers. wanted it in my mouth. 
okay, so I know that I need water for this cactus. I know where water is. I need a method of getting it from yes. water to water that is not my body, despite me being unable to move. There's still a little bit more you could examine in your cart. Oh, really? Was there? There was floor. There is floor. So you look around the floor. You can sort of kick your feet around to feel what's down I was, there. I was going you to can... get my shoe next, so this probably mm. would have led into it nicely. You can maybe lean down. Uh, and the floor itself, you're at an amusement park. It's sticky. Yay. It's got old... Bits of, of, of uh, soft drink and gum and other stuff. You know, all those people drinking their soft drink on the roller coaster. It's for people who sit down on the roller coaster with a soft drink and the attendant says, uh, you know you can't take the soft drink on the ride. And they and go, they stare oh, oh, quickly. No, no, and they stare at them. <laughs> they just pour Dead it onto stare, the floor. Lift it up. Some of them do that and others try and quickly drink the whole thing and in doing so they spill it all over themselves <laughs> in the floor. Like when people say, I can drink uh, two litres of milk in uh, yep. two seconds and they just pour it down their face. Mm -hmm. But stuck to the floor, the stickiness seems to have helped because you find two separate things stuck to the floor uh -huh, of this uh -huh. uh, cart that you're in. One is a cup. Looks like it was a soft drink cup that got stuck to the floor. In fact, you feel it's stuck down there with some chewing gum, mm. like someone dropped it yeah, on the gum and it's stuck. Uh, and the other thing you see, there's a small piece of paper that mm. is stuck to the bottom of this Let's uh, take a look cart. at it. what's on it. Looking at the note, uh, I've vaguely written this one out. I did actually write a little bit of this. It says, hello, treasured customer. This is my resignation note. I spent months working on tunnel props that nobody can even see. No one ever turns around to see the code. And even if they find the joystick, they never get to see all my work. All right. So there's stuff going on in there. Good to know. Well, um, again, based on where I am in the picture, I've just passed goblins recently. So I guess this time when I go around to the dark cave, can I turn around? Is there anything visible to me there now that I know that there's things to look out for? Can I reach out with my hands? You get to the dark cave, you turn around, hoping, presumably, to see the cove. Maybe it's glowing. You turn around just as you're entering the cave, and all you can see is the cart behind you. And once you're in the darkness, you can't see anything. There's no code that you can see. The, the light of the entryway doesn't make like a silhouetted series of numbers. So, no, being at the tunnel, turning around, you can just see a single cart and nothing else. Mm. And I couldn't feel any sort of joystick. Well, you can't really feel anything in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Is that the only thing you're feeling around for? I would have thought so, yeah. I mean, not now that you've said the it, The walls though. of the tunnel are way too far. You can't mm. reach anything other than the cart that you're sitting in. I mean, can I feel my own cart? Yeah. What, what, what part of it would you like to feel around? The, the place where there was a picture on the last cart. So you turn around to see the picture on the, on the last cart. Do you mean the, the so, like, equivalent place on your yes, own cart? Yes, that's what I meant. Leaning forward, you can see the front of your cart. Oh, okay. And you, see, you notice two things there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One of them is there is another picture. Great. It is similar to the picture on the cart behind you, except instead of a car going up a ramp, it is another sort of image of a cross-section of a car going down the corresponding other side of the ramp. Okay. So the one that you're in has a car heading down a ramp into the, uh, presumably heading for the loop, but going down. I see. I see. The other thing that you notice at the front of your cart Ooh. is that yours, being the front cart, has headlights. Oh. Well, those clearly aren't Seems on. Seems kind of odd. They are definitely off, but there are a series of, of there's a set of off headlights on hmm. the front of your cart. Well, that seems like this person resigned for the wrong reasons. Clearly they designed the things inside the cave to be seen, but it was just whoever was supposed to pay for headlight batteries wasn't there. Maybe. How foolish. Right. 
Okay, so I got headlights I want to turn on. Still able to look around and find a code. I'm now, because there are five carts, I'm now wondering if these pictures are going to turn into a code. This joystick is baffling. I guess at the moment I'm just going to wrench up that cup and see if I can grab some water in it from the goblins. You wrench up the cup. It is a cup. There's nothing interesting about it. Its, it's uh, logo has the name of the theme park I haven't named. What's mm -hmm. the name of this theme park? Uh, Johnny Johnson's Lands of Fun. Okay. Come and see all the fun here at Johnny Johnson Land. I'm not going there. I'm Johnny Johnson. This is my land. This land is my land. This land is your land. This land is fun. Johnny Johnson's <laughs> Land of Fun. This is all written in the logo. This isn't even a. This isn't even like a motto. This is the logo. It's one big crest, and it just says it in, in big letters all over it. But but he ran out of space, so it gets smaller and smaller yeah. as he goes. P.S. Roller coasters are cool. That's all it says. Nothing, right, nothing right. that seems like a hint. I understand now why I came to this place. I, I buy that. Yeah, I'd go to that. You wouldn't go to Johnny Johnson's Land of Fun, but you would go to... Imagine uh, if... This is written above imagine, the gates when you enter. Imagine if Universal Studios, they just had their ads and Universal Studios. Roller coasters are cool. Mm. But also... I, I, I buy that. That's the name. If you check the business uh, logs afterwards, oh. you'll see that this place has been incorporated as Johnny Johnson's Land of Fun. It's a fun land. It's my land. It's your land. Come see it. It's great. The roller coasters are fun. Don't you love roller coasters? PTYLTD. Uh. Uh, <laughs> but with a cup in hand, the gremlins or the goblins spray water at you and you manage to catch it all in the cup. Mm -hmm. You deftly balance it in your hand as you go through the loop. You... I, I hold it up against my face so that <laughs> it's not spilling anywhere. Yeah, the centrifugal force or the centripetal force of the loop keeps the water in the cup and you can... No, my face keeps the water in the and cup. And your face. Uh, and you have a cup of water. I as throw it at a shriveled cactus. You throw it at the shriveled cactus, and as you continue past the cactus on the loop, you see it start to sort of expand and grow and suck in that water and reach its original, full, prominent size. And as you loop back one more time, that large, spiky bit of cactus is... I mean, it almost hits you in the face. It's almost reaching out to touch you from where it is. I want to try to break it off. You grab it as you go, and it snaps right off. You have with you a fairly a long... A giant poking, poking device. device. Which will be great when I have numbers that I want to type in, but I don't know what those might be yet. No one knows. The cart rattles along. You've been on this ride for hours. You're hours? You're, yeah, you took a long time getting used to it and getting ready, uh, feeling around the cave that you couldn't feel. Yeah. So that really seems like the biggest thing that I have to do next. Something about this cave, something about this code. I need to know information about the three cars behind me, possibly. Hmm. The issue being, whenever you turn around to see those three cars behind you... I can't. You can't, because they're blocked off by the car directly behind you. There must be some point on the roller coaster where that's more okay. Like, when we're upside down or looping fun... No, looping funnily, there were plants in the way. There's some timing on the loop that I can see other cars better? Yeah, you, you get back to when you've gone up the ramp, down the ramp, and do the loop, and as you're nearing the top of the loop... The cars are all now curved. Yeah. They're not in a straight line behind you. They are curved round, and you can see the details on every one of these cars. I understand why that would be a conscious decision to have to make. Mm. Turning around to look back at these, uh, this loop of cars, and you see them. The one right behind you, you've already seen, is an mm -hmm. image of, the, uh, of a roller coaster going up a ramp. Yeah. Uh, oh, I went to the wrong page of my notes. There How many pages of notes are there? You said there was one. There's actually two. There's one where I planned it, and then one where I wrote them down, so I could actually see what they were. <laughs> The next one is you see it in a separate section of the bends, and it looks like it's 
making a big kind of right turn around the cactus. The people in the carts all have their hands waving out the left side of the cart, but the cart itself is vumping around to the right around a cactus. Okay. The one behind that has the same symbol as is on the front of yours. Yeah. People in a cart going woo as they head down a ramp. Hmm. And then, again, the one, the final car, has that same image of turning right going around a cactus. Hmm. Okay, so I was wondering if these were going to be just like certain steps on the roller coaster, but the fact that there's some repetition and the fact that we got that as a curvy section and now there are specific right turns make me feel like it's something else. It could just be directional. That seems pretty likely because we've got ups and downs and rights. All right, so feels like the best thing to do. Man, so when I get to the curvy section where I'm circling inside the hut, I can't see the number pad very well. No, it's still fairly dim. If it's a number pad, but can I poke it? You can poke it. Hmm. You, you, you reach out to poke it and you hear it go, beep. Cool. I keep doing that. I try to poke in a couple of different beep, places beep, to beep, see beep, what I'm beep, getting. Beep, beep, beep. You seem like you're hitting numbers. Damn it. I don't know what and that means. And after a while means. it goes, <laughs> So it sounds like this. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. So... What I'm getting is I really need a joystick. Is my bar in front of me secretly a joystick? You feel around the bar. The bar itself is a fairly solid bar. It doesn't feel like a joystick. But as you run your hands down the, the sides of it, you reach out to the ends of the bar, oh. the flat ends of the cylinder of bar that is keeping <laughs> you down. On the left, it's nothing. But on the right, you feel like there's a small it little wiggles. knob that sticks out. And it looks like you can go up and left and Directions. down and right. Can I can can I push it um, down up right down right? You flick it down then up then right and down then right. Based on the cart pictures. And you hear a little kadunk. Oh no! What's happening? And you look and you notice that the piece of track in front of you looks a little bit more illuminated. Ooh. Yay, I've got lights. Excellent. That's and what I hope. looking hoped. at the front, you see your headlights are on. Brilliant. I wait until we get to the dark cave and I start looking around. You get to the dark cave and you start looking around. And the tunnel, you can see why this person was bothered that it was in darkness all the time. It is covered in images and statues and things. And it, it, it almost reminds you of like the Willy Wonka kind of tunnel of... <laughs> of images, and stuff, but, but far more wholesome. Okay. It's full of wholesome, lovely imagery. The first thing you pass is you see two tennis players and they're kissing at the net and there's a big love heart behind them. Okay. The next thing you see is a Hold man. Hold on, you know I'm drawing these. Okay. Yep, it's two people kissing. Mm -hmm. There's a big symbol of a heart behind them as they kiss at the net. Okay. The next thing you see is a little bit stranger. It's a man sitting in what looks like, and you no, know, yes, you see it is labelled as a beer garden. Oh, okay. Some kind of Bavarian beer garden. Uh, he's being offered a drink, but you see him refusing the drink. And oh, he's offering okay. him a, a, a glass of alcoholic drink, and he's saying, mm -mm, not for me. Okay. The next thing you see is a, a motivational image. It's a woman on a bicycle. But strangely, she's on the bicycle, but she's wearing a wetsuit. And she's got running shoes on. Oh, no. Rather than cycling shoes. But that's her business. What are cycling shoes? They hook into the clips and the oh, clots. Oh, God. 
But she's clearly wearing running shoes. Now, I can't draw a wetsuit. You better draw that wetsuit. No, so I'm just going to draw a snorkel instead. And, and it makes sense to me. And the final image that you see as you get through this tunnel of dreams is a man playing golf. He is clearly has already swung and hit the ball. You see the ball is f- in the air, far away, and the man is shouting something, but you're not quite sure what. Oh, boy. That was not an easy thing to draw. Does that look right? Is that a person who's just swung a golf? Yeah, that's perfect. Swung a golf? He swung a golf. You've got it. <laughs> okay. After that, you exit the tunnel, and you're back in the light, and your eyes go, well, well, okay. All right. So paying attention to these images, love... In tennis, that's a zero. That's just what zero is. Sure. Great. Beer garden, I'm not so sure of just yet. The cycling, swimming, and running shoes, that's a triathlon. Okay. And golf hitting, yelling, that's when they yell four, right? One would think. Okay, so what number is going to work with beer garden? Also zero? Well, what's Um, happening in the beer garden? He is refusing a beer. Mm Mm-hmm. How would you oh, do he's that? saying nine. He's German. <laughs> he's German. It's a beer garden. <laughs> it's not a beer garden. It's a beer garden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have now some numbers. This is going to be very difficult. How well do you think with my giant poking device can I approximate where the numbers zero, nine, three, and four might be? Well, as you approach the uh, oh, can I see it better now with your, my headlights? Your headlights are now on. So as oh. it passes, you can see it's a big. Uh, Oh, I missed one thing that I wrote, which would have helped. You didn't need it. Oh, good. There was a, there was a big thing on top of the tunnel as you entered that uh, now that it was lit up, you could see it said, learn to stop moving and look at the world around you. <laughs> would have been fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, you see, there's a big uh, number panel. Would uh, that have helped me? No, not really. How would it have? Because now you know that this is a code to learn to stop. Ah, uh, fair enough. Because now the number pad in front of you is lit up. You can easily see it. The words above it say, uh, let's say they say emergency stop. Great. I've put in 0934. You, with your poker, put in zero, nine. Oh, by that point, you've gone. No! You can do one more loop of the entire track. You come back. Three, four. Ta-da! And nothing happens. You turn around. Rude. You go backwards down the loop. You go forwards. Well, Down again, I mean, past the docking station. You know what? Station. This might be okay. You don't want to stop mid-ride. Exactly. But as soon as you hit the docking station, you hear the brakes lock into place. That's the cart pulls smart. to a stop at the docking station. Your bar opens up and you can jump out. You don't see this mysterious podcaster anywhere. Uh, but looking down the bottom of the stairs that led you up to this docking area, you see somebody sitting at a small desk. They've got a Blue Yeti microphone that's picking up sounds from all over the park. (laughs) Absolutely no. It's it's echoey. It's ridiculous. You can hear people talking in the background. Oh, it's you, isn't it? And you see a person sitting at this table with the microphone saying, Ah, well, um, welcome everybody to uh, Escape This Cool Cast. I'm your host, Gribbity Grosif. Um, where every episode we have guests come on and, uh, oh, wait, I don't have a guest. Uh, every episode I solve a room that I wrote. Wait, that You have a guest sense. now uh, and I thrust the giant stick at them. 
You kill them. That goes straight through their heart. That. You thrust it at them and it stabs them through the heart. They die. This is what Danny's going to do to you if you try and start a rival podcast, everybody. The million downloads have gone to her head. I think you're taking words out of my mouth here. Congratulations. At what point is thrusting... Taking the words out of your mouth. So I'm not putting them into your mouth. I'm taking them out of your mouth. I'm saying exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> oh, my God. I was joking, but Danny's going to kill you all. <laughs> Don't start a podcast. Please. <laughs> Hello, my name is Catherine Holmes, she, her. Congratulations on reaching the milestone. My favourite thing about the show is just how much fun everyone involved has, from Bill, Danny and all the guests. It's a pleasure to listen to. Keep up the good work. Congratulations, you escaped my tiny room. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well done. That's my tiny room. How'd you like it? That was great. <laughs> it's very it's scary and not scary at all. Very comforting to be able to not move, to be mm. unable to move. I, yes. I like it. It's very yeah, it's relaxing. <laughs> it's relaxing. Honestly, stuck yes. on a roller coaster. Once you know that the decision to get out is not up to you. Like I was really worried that I was gonna have to hop between carts at one point. Mm. But you know, just being able to sit there, that's very nice. It was very relaxing. You're going to have uh, fun editing it when you notice yourself doing the exact same verbal tick that I do. 100%, that we've yeah. noticed. Or the so okay, yeah. so as you, you, you have start to say out something with, as you look so at your yeah. notes. Yeah, it's Every incredibly time. hard to avoid. Especially because I don't have a script. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also me trying to think of how do I describe what I just thought of? I didn't write much down. I wrote the little note. Uh, and then I wrote the entrance to the tunnel, which I didn't end up reading because I forgot. <laughs> Did I do anything different to what you expected? Um, well, seemed pretty ordered. It seemed pretty ordered. I had one thing of uh, possibly not uh, that if people thought like, oh, I'm going to go on the loop and look at the cars behind me, they would get four things. And then the slight thing they have to remember is there's probably one written on my card as well. Mm. If they hadn't already looked at the front of their card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to and again, if I had written out scripts, I would hide some of these definitions. Like I accidentally said the word love heart with the tennis. Obviously, yeah. it was love, but I should have just said a big heart behind them. Yeah. Um. I deliberately wanted to say that, and I made a note in my head, and then I forgot. I, I don't said even love think heart. you needed the heart. I like for for me for other yes. people. Sure, for me, you could have just had the tennis players kissing. Oh, 100 percent. Um. That was a stupid little puzzle. I thought of love, and I went, "Is there anything else that this works for?" Germans say nine. Oh, yeah. That's and that great. was about as far as I got. That's the sort I of puzzle I love. I tried to do the last two. The one where it's just the slightest hint of outside knowledge and that you can adjust that for the person. You mm. know what I know. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that Germans say nine. <laughs> everyone knows that golfers say four and everyone knows what a triathlon is. I don't think everyone knows what a triathlon Probably is. Probably not. Um, no. So, so the fact that you saw that first and already knew it was going to be part of the code was, was fine. Uh, I didn't write anything for why can't you just catch the goblins... So I shouldn't have said it hit right in your face because you were prepared for that to say you catch it in your mouth. Uh, it's acid, not water. Oh, man. Oh, wait, but then you wouldn't want to put it on a cactus. Oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, that was it. There wasn't a huge amount to it. I liked it. I liked that there was a map that was, like, the cart. Oh, but then those the actual, are good-looking cart Yeah, drawings. I've done some really good carts. Oh, mine are shocking. Uh, but then there was the map. What did your course look like compared uh, to mine? Uh, well, I started it in a poor area, so it kind of goes off the page a little. That's fair. But it's not drastically no, different. It's not drastically different. I like that. Look at that. Look at my loop. <laughs> Looks great. Um, but yeah, so that was my that was my, my silly my, room. My twisty area around the cactus is not all that twisty. I just drew one. Little yeah, instead of my blink. one, two, three, four little yeah, yours turns more real. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Yours it was looks a simple like part of silly room. Ma the game Mousetrap. 
<laughs> it does look like a mousetrap. I've drawn a little mousetrap thing. So uh, there you are, everybody at home. That was what my was first your, ever Did you do room. arrows? What did you do? How did you come up with oh, this? Oh, I'll tell you. Okay, yeah, so. Tell me your process. I wrote. I went, I thought, okay, it could be on a roller coaster. Cool. And so I drew a picture of a little cart and I said, what's in a cart that you can interact with? Well, you got the bar, you got the floor, you got your seat. I ended up not using the seat. Mm -hmm. uh, and you've got the cars behind you. I wrote those four things out. Nice. I then drew randomly, without thinking about it, a little uh, course. It's like it goes straight, it goes up, it goes down, it has a loop, little spins, a dark tunnel, a backwards drop. <laughs> and I wrote loop, bends, dark tunnel, backwards drop. At some point I added water goblins because I wanted to add some water goblins sure. later. Then I went, my notes say, roller coaster is on and won't stop. Controller is your nemesis. I had a moment of being like, I should call or, or get in contact again, get, uh, quickly send a message to uh, Mike from the Infinite Escape Room <laughs> and have him have set this up and get him to, and that's too much effort. So if you're out there listening, uh, that's what I wanted to do. And then uh, it says, how to stop is what I've written. Uh, I went to stop, you need two things. You need an emergency code and an inputting implement, so, which so. is what we end up with. Yep. One little thing was getting the cactus bit and the other thing was getting the code. It's fun it being able to, I, I feel like you weren't so sure about it in my safari room. When mm. breaking off a spike to use yeah. uh, as an implement. But it works, doesn't it? It works. Um, I then had, um, I went... Also, my cactus is clearly giving you the finger. True. And so then I didn't know what works. So I was trying to write stuff out. And as I wrote it out, I was ticking it off the top. I've, I've used it now. So we're like, cars behind plus loop equals secret code. Yeah, I've done that in my notes. Ticked them both off. Dark tunnel needs light is a note I wrote myself. And then I wrote, cars go to the loop. So I cars the loop. Goes to the bar, oh, had no idea how, arrows. went to the tunnel. So, and then eventually I went, okay, cool, the bar can like have a little joystick on it. I then went, so from the floor, I then went, oh, I want to go floor to goblins. Oh, but you know what? I reckon we need a note about the cars, that they are a code. I think that'd be a fun thing to put in. Mm -hmm. So I split the floor up into note and cup. <laughs> note, I went back to car. Cup, I went to goblins. I went to the bends. And then I wrote... A uh, sad cactus long pointer. I had no idea yep, why. I yep. didn't want to go to the bends. And then I went down to backwards drop and I said, okay, that's where you input the code. I had that image of slowly turning to the... Yeah, nice. There's always that time in a roller coaster where you have to turn around. It takes too long. So I went, put something there to input. They can try and do they it as you go They always put past. in some sort of uh, audio, some dialogue happening yeah. or whatever. And I love it. I love that oh, moment yeah. so much. Backwards drop in a roller coaster. I'm not a big roller coaster person. I'm very afraid of them. But in the dark and backwards are for some reason things that I'm fully into. Mm. If that was all the roller coaster was, I'd be great. Uh, I then needed to come up with a way for the cars behind to be a code, because all I knew is that it wanted to be a code. So I wrote out uh, images of roller coaster on parts of the course, up, going up ramp, right, going right around cactus, down, going down ramp, right, going right around cactus. And then I wrote trick, own car has an extra down at the start. Nice. So if you put in that code, it's like, what are you missing? You're missing the, your car as part of it. Yeah. Um, so the code is down, up, right, down, up. Oh, it's down, right. Uh and then I put my actual, uh, slightly, I tried to formulate a little bit clearer on the right. So I wrote a page of little notes where I've said, go to theme park, get on, uh, get splashed, up ramp, down loop. So this is like up. an abbreviated version of the GM's explanation part of my notes. I suppose so. Um, dark tunnel, turn around. And also it's like an abbreviated version of your notes in general. It's like <laughs> a really small, tiny version that I can check. And then I didn't even check it properly. Um, turn around, backwards, return. Ride doesn't stop. You see shadowy figure who has own escape room podcast. You'll never get out. And then I went car, front car of five, bar, locked in place, has a little joystick on end, because I now wanted that to be the way you input the code. Uh, floor, cup stuck, wrote out the note. Cars behind, only see one car image unless on loop. And then I did this. I don't know if you ever do this. I went cup plus goblins equals get water. 
water plus cactus equals get poker, poker plus maintenance area equals input code from tunnel? I mean, I'm not too different on that. That's usually what I end up writing as if I really can't be bothered writing the jam's explanation, I will write things out that look like that first mm. and then I'll turn them into proper paragraphs later. Yeah. But also in my notes when I'm creating a room, if there are ever a couple of things where I'm not sure about what I want the connections to be yet, like I'll do that. Like look at my doggy daycare room. I've just got grooming plus agility goes to cages. At that point, that was all I had. Mm. I had no idea what that connection was yet. Yeah. So yes, something plus something equals something. Definitely. Uh, and so then I had, yeah, cars. And then I left a gap and then it was cars plus loop equals C code. But yeah, that's exactly what I do in mm. my lazy GM notes. Nice. Uh, code 100%. plus joystick, headlights, headlights plus tunnel equals Wonka tunnel. Learn to stop moving. Look at the world around you. So it would be like, this is going to be a code to stop moving. Then I had the tennis players, and then I had no idea what to do next, so I left in space <laughs> and eventually came up with nine, triathlon, and four. Then said 0934 plus maintenance code plus poker equals win. Nice. And then I said as a note, maintenance error also lights up with the headlights. <laughs> Just so you yep. didn't spend too much time putting in random codes. Helpful. And that was it. It was a short little baby room. Oh, good job. Uh, I wrote it last night. Uh, I started. I, my plan was to write it the entire time you were out last night from like six until midnight. Um, or until 11.30 or something. Mm. Uh, and I end up not starting until like quarter to 10 um, <laughs> because I was just like, I uh, just couldn't think of anything. And then it uh, came together fairly quickly. It's not brilliant, but it was a bit of fun. Nice. So as soon as you came up with roller coaster, that's when you got, that's when you could start working. I, went from, I came up with the idea of roller coaster, started working on everything up until I came up to, I don't know how to get these codes. So I took a br little uh, breather break, came back, did some of these codes, couldn't come up with what the car puzzle was, took a little breather break, got the car order, wrote them out properly, couldn't think of the four th things I needed, took a little break, came back and went, oh, here are the four things. Dum, nice. dum, dum, dum. Uh, has that given you any new insight into our show and my writing existence? I'm incredibly impressed with something very specific mm -hmm. that I think people don't talk about enough, which is that you have such a good feel for the length of how long things are going to take. You write out a room. <laughs> Not lately I have Well, lately I've been a bit long, but, and, and, but I don't know, you're good at being like, these are the pacing. Cause this, like, I had no idea what this would feel like. And then we ran, it's like, oh, that was really quick and easy. Um, and it was hard to tell how quick and easy it would be. Yeah. I had I no idea. I it would be, but it was like, well, what if it isn't? I don't know, but it was. All right. Uh, this is why I'm really interested in playtesting my next room mm. because I've deliberately made it shorter and I want to see what that does. Yeah. But no, I, I loved it. It was a bit of fun. Uh, and it also is interesting the extent to which, like, the the step that I didn't do would be actually write it out and make sure the descriptions are the right level of hinty and not hinty. I already, I you know, I was aware of that as I was putting it together, but didn't, like, forgot to say some of them or forgot to, <laughs> you know, or, like, things where it's clearly obviously something's a code. I don't need to put in the thing that says it could be a code, but also... Uh, there's some stuff where I give it away too much by saying what's in my head as opposed to having a script where I can be clear about the exact things I'm giving. Yeah. Um, this is why I need them written and down. So, yeah, the script makes a big difference in terms of getting that across, the searching elements, the making, the making it the right level of difficulty to make connections in your head. Hi, Danny and Bill. Citizen of Xanth here. Just wanted to congratulate you on one million downloads. I can't wait to hear more arcs from Danny and more funny voices from Bill's NPCs. That's cool. Should we move on to the next question? Oh, yeah. That, right. was just, that was just the last question that we answered. Yeah, that's true. With an escape. Well, that was fun. Thank you so much for doing that.
Yeah, it was a little bit of fun. That's great. Also, is that my first time playing one on my own? Yeah. Oh, fun. It wasn't too bad. Should I write more of this? Should I, I do, should I, should we swap off writing duties? Should sure. I actually try and write a proper one? I mean, you already do like most of the work for this show. What's a lie? <sighs> oh no, do I have to make music for that escape room? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Um, no, that's okay. We'll just do more folly work ourselves. <laughs> oh no! What? I've missed the best part of that suggestion. Oh no. Alright, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read you the script that Asanta prepared for me. What? Danny, you've done a million downloads worth of rooms. Now it's time to turn the tables. Uh oh hey, we might have a guest GM. Oh, it's a guest GM, so you can't, you know, we're not gonna do a playtest, it's a guest GM. Surprise! The GM is me, the bow-legged tour guide. It's me, the bow-legged no! guard. I'm here to run you through a room. I'm Jim Johnson's Land of Patreon Fun. Patreon jokes. Land of Fun for me. If you don't get that joke, uh, subscribe to our Patreon and you listen to all our tuna mysteries featuring the bow-legged guard. Never. He pops up occasionally and he has things to say about the Old West. Maybe he was a big old racist. Probably he's a bow-legged guard from the Old West. You never know. Probably was. Wait, is he from the Old West? I think he's from the Old West. I thought he was just about the Old West. I think he's. I think there's a modern version called the bow-legged guard and like an ancient. Like my grandpappy, he was also a bow-legged guard. We come from a long line of bow-legged guards. Yeah, we do. This is why my uh, my chair is crackling so much. It's trying to be the sound of a roller coaster going up That's a hill. That's it. Um, so there you go. And then there's uh, me denying that I'll do this. Stop crackling your chair, roller coaster face. Stop it! You're gonna break the chair! Um, we are not gonna do a live recording of a real world escape room. I'm so sorry, people in the Discord. Oh man, yeah, that's, well, that would take organization, first of all. For another, I'm not sure it'd be great audio. Because <laughs> a lot of real world escape rooms are very un audio. I've definitely heard some, like one or two podcasts do that. And I have found it a little bit harder to follow because it just isn't intentionally so. We're used to commentating things in that sort of way. So maybe it would be I think possible. Be well, the thing I've noticed that when we play real escape rooms, we, we, do talk we, we narrate like escape rooms now. I don't think we used to. But now, if we go into an escape room, we narrate it like there's an audience listening. I mean, true. But we would still say, all right, so look at this one. Oh, and yes. now look at that one. Yeah, we would have to be different. Yeah. It would have to be very different if we look, had no If there audio, is a room no in Sydney that we haven't done and that we know is closing at some point soon, then yeah, maybe. maybe we'll try to put something together. With if you're them. in Sydney and you're closing a room, invite us around and we'll record it. <laughs> um, there are a few others here. Uh, Retrospective of our rooms. It's a bit hard to do. We kind of covered that a tiny bit looking back at the uh, uh, what would be the best real room. That's true. But we favorite have moments, puzzles, things like that. Favorites, eh? Again, this is going to be very difficult going through exact puzzles because there have been a lot of puzzles and I still don't feel like a puzzle person. I feel like a story person. I felt story-wise... At the time, I was so happy about Descent of the Culloden and how the that Culloden story had bit, went together. Honestly, actually, when I was going to think, when I, my example for a puzzle was going to be from Descent of the Culloden. Oh, really? I don't remember the details anymore, but I really loved in the game room, so maybe episode three of, of Descent of the Culloden, I liked that it was like one puzzle that kept having elements drawn in from everything. You I kept finding new bits and adding them that. in. And I think that was a really different way to do it. And it's just, I'm not going to say it's better or worse than anything else you've done. It's very memorable. I you've, really re think of that one a it's lot. It's a hard one to find a balance of because you don't want people to just think. At the start, you've got a couple of elements of puzzle and you might go, oh, let's try it out. No, we clearly need more. And then get another element and go, oh, great, let's try it again. Oh, no, wait, we still need more. And being mm. unsure of that. And it's it's tricky. Yeah, it, it is that. tricky. And it was nice, but I think it was good to do that to make it everything was like that. The whole room, it wasn't just one part of it. It was everything kind of funneled mm. back down to this one major puzzle. And I, I, I liked that. 
Yeah. But no, story-wise, Culloden, I think, was fantastic. But then uh, I didn't expect what Alice found to end up feeling as satisfying as I think it did. Yeah. That's because it kept changing along the way. My exact plans mm. for where it was going to end changed a lot, and I'm really happy with where it ended up. And I think a lot of the puzzles in what Alice found were really interesting. I think, like, episode one with the sequence puzzle of the dragon floor stuff coming out of the ground, the... um. Oh, right, the Jabberwocky, yeah, not the Jabberwocky. a dragon. That Jabberwocky's a dragon. Uh, there was in the in near the end when out in the open ocean, you had like a wall of clouds. It was a whole weird puzzle that I got completely caught up <laughs> oh, on and God, failed. We fought over that. There was some, but just lots of weird little things that were that were cool playing with puzzles. And I think I think you really hit your puzzle stride with that. Yeah, I think I was happiest with mm. the DVDs in the. Uh, the DVDs electronic was store phenomenal. where I gave them different stars and that related to different parts of their names. Oh, I thought that was brilliant. That's one of my favourite puzzles you've ever nicely. done. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, like like one of them was a single star, but you but only half filled in. You're like, what the hell does that mean? Then you realise that the number of stars was the same number of words and then how they were filled in was how much you took. Of the, I thought that was a fantastic puzzle back in... I think you did some really good puzzles in what Alice found. I think it was a really great... I like finding word puzzles where you just go, oh my God, isn't it amazing how these words fit together? It's like doing a cryptic crossword and finding out that one word ends up being a perfect pun for mm. something if you read it a slightly different way. Yeah, you just you bank it in your head and that's great, I'm going to yeah. use that. I, I think what Alice found was really cool for all that. I think mixing of the puzzles, the story was fun. I think there was a cathartic ending to it. It felt like people were like, yes, that's the ending. It's going to be great. I, I really liked it. I think it was put together really well. Yeah, like, yeah, the whole ending of that, it really, that's a funny one because I love having plans and being totally planned out, but you have to have some degree of flexibility when you realise that there's a better thing. Your first plan wasn't the best one. What was your first plan? I don't even remember. What like, was the final plan? Da, 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 da. Well, I don't know. What if someone hasn't listened to it? Yeah, that's a good point. No spoilers. But the final product was different from your original plan. And that's nice. Let me just... I'm pretty sure my original plan was uh, you have escaped and you've gone mad from your paranoia about not knowing whether you've been watched or not. Oh, that's unsatisfying. That's sad (laughs) and mean. Yeah, don't do that. Hi, I'm Eva. Congratulations on one million downloads. I really like your show and that you make your rooms public so I can translate them and run them for my family. Congrats again. Um... Okay, I, look, we, we, we're quite far into the episode now. I think we need to hurry up a little. Oh, no, okay, okay. Um, but, yeah, so I think if you want a lovely retrospective as well, I'm so sorry this entire episode has been an ad for the Patreon. Jump we, onto the Patreon. We have done a lot um, of season where one. Where we recap season one. Dissecting. And we just dissect every room from season one and how we would change it and how we would redo it if we were going to do it today. Uh, so if you really love the idea of a retrospective, $5 tier, jump on, get them all in a month and then jump off, or continue giving us money forever and get us to a million patrons. That's the goal. Uh, similar question from Miranda. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know who are your MVP NPCs? <laughs> Favorite NPCs? There's, there are names that are better than the NPCs. Like, I'm still obsessed with Ragamuffin Jones, who was not an NPC, actually. That was a PC. That was me. I was Ragamuffin Jones. Honestly. Uh, Farmer McClegg is a classic. Yeah, we had a lot of animals, haven't we? We have had a lot of animals. The rat that I think um, Pat and Jason Ritter may have exploded. I'm not they sure. Were, they at least threatened to explode <laughs> it. Um, who are fun NPC characters? The professor in Chronomaly. Greg in Chronomaly, <laughs> who was a bumbling assistant but turned out not to be a bumbling assistant necessarily. No spoilers. Lots of fun pet sort of people. Do, do, but often our, 
our NPCs are vehicles by which to put a Patreon's name into the episode. I mean, yeah, but they would be there with or without the Patreon. That is true. I'm, I'm not just like sticking randos in just so but that I think the names get in there. I think sometimes it makes, me hard, it makes it harder to be like, let's make this character ridiculous <laughs> and stupid and weird and fun because it's like, oh, maybe we're being mean to whoever is the patron. Um, I like our friend in the Oscars room who was rigging the Oscars. Oh, yep. Yep, the friend who was drinking the Oscars. Huh. That's fun. Was there someone? What about the fun characters in Chronomaly on the... Uh, Chronomaly had a lot of, I think, NPC characters in place because they needed to be mm-hmm. there to like set the framing for the room. Yeah. The ones on the uh, Arctic ship, one of whom was <laughs> secretly a, a woman and never really came up and people guessed it in the comments and it was like, yeah, you're right. Congratulations. Of course. Um, but they were a fun crew of people who were all hanging out. Yeah, there were a few people. Beans. Yeah, Yana Grave Robber as well. Yeah, Grave Robber. Uh, Marie Curie, my favourite NPC, is Marie Curie. Um, <laughs> there were some fun people in, in Chronomaly, I think, for NPCs. The per- people who... Were the people, NPCs in the in the Hindenburg one? There was. Yeah, yeah. There was someone hanging out with them who got... Yeah, like, yeah, there's lots of fun NPCs, I think, in that arc more, more than anything else. More like more than any other part of it. That's a tricky question. Oh, I mean, what about um, Bluey the Sad Dog? Bluey the Sad Dog. I, I'm pretty into Bluey the Sad Dog. Bluey the Sad Dog was pretty was pretty good as well. <laughs> There've been a lot of fun NPCs. Um, I oh, um, Safari Room, your rival in that. Oh yes, yeah, he was fun. Everyone hates him. He's lovely, <laughs> lovely, hateable character. Uh, someone else suggests, uh, James suggests we do a room with a million puzzles in it. I didn't quite get to a million in that, mm. in that one that we ran. Well, ran. a picture is worth a thousand words and a word is worth a thousand puzzles. Oh, beautiful. I did so, one picture. Yeah. That's it. Million puzzles. I'm glad a word's, a word's worth a thousand puzzles. <laughs> that's what, that's the linguist's motto. As a, as a continuation of this, as a shout out to all our patrons, we've been recommended to do 500,000 two minute mysteries. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, if, for people if there are, are that many, I will do them. I'm sorry. When we talk about shows that we're making, if you want to hear the best show on the network, it is the $5 donors fortnightly show of Two Minute Mysteries. It, that's where uh, the real gold is. Bill, Danny, this is your old friend, Dr. Helegian. Just wanted to say congrats on the million downloads. If you had a million downloads in my day in the 60s, it'd be worth like 8 million downloads now. So I'm extra impressed. Congrats. Uh, okay, then my, Mikey Wait, asks... Should, should we post one as a teaser on the main channel? <laughs> we could. Mikey asks uh, questions about our podcast journey. Ooh, okay. But explicitly, there's a few questions like, uh, how much of our time is on Consume This Media stuff? How we got to this point? What were we doing to support the show before? What happened in between, et cetera, et cetera. Look, the honest answer is, right now, Consume This Media is, for me, a full-time job. For you, a part-time job? Alongside your other part-time job that makes more money? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, but this is what I call my full-time job. This is what I spend yes. more of my time technically doing, even if the other one makes more money. It's hard to balance the headspaces of them because both of them take a lot of mental energy mm. to do. So there are often times where I have to do just two hours of the other job in a day, and then I can't do anything else for the rest of that day. So it's certainly Mm. weird hours. I would never say I work full-time hours at things, but I might. I might have just a workday that is from 3 p.m., which includes the other job, and 1 a.m., like 3 to 1, Mm. because that's apparently after midnight is when I do most of my work for this show. Mm, True. And look, before that, Mm. I was was working at at one point earlier. When we were first starting, I was working 
full time and we were trying to make the show outside of that. And that was very rough. I have no idea how I did that. Uh, then I was working like four days a week, four full days a week and, and doing that. And that was nice to have that extra day to work on mm. stuff. But really the biggest difference was I didn't get to do much else other than podcast stuff. And it meant I wasn't making music. Like now I'm making music for the show. You didn't um, start doing this full time until like mid 2020. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and and fair enough. There's there's not really enough money to support it being a full time job yet, but not it's something you've got to own, take like... a jump and 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 start trying to do that. And we were in a very uh, privileged position that we were able to do that. Right? It's one of those. It's that advice that you can't really give to people. Like just quit your job and start working on it, and hopefully it'll. No, like yeah, that's not how not. it works. And like if we hadn't been in a relatively safe, privileged position beforehand, if this were just it, as far as money goes, like if we didn't have savings or anything like that. Then no, we wouldn't be couldn't doing do this. So this is not enough. This is li- it's living borderline. It would be considered paycheck to paycheck, but with a heavy safety net. Yeah, exactly. Right. So so that's the kind of situation. And and you know we sometimes do other we do commission things creatively as part of the show or do other work. And maybe someday I'll go back and do another part time job. Or maybe by that point we'll have an extra million Patreons. Yeah. Again, this is one of those things we're trying to predict what's going to happen in the next five yeah, years. Who the heck knows? Is impossible. The economy is toileting. If it toilets <laughs> much further, then we may have to rethink things. Yeah. But we'll see. For the moment, it's just what we do. Um, and uh, yeah. And it's allowed me to yeah, but when it work is... more on music and other fun stuff. And when it is in a position like this, especially like an own business style thing, but maybe especially a creative one where you're really trying to push it to be successful because if not, you'll just have to stop doing it. Mm. It consumes almost all headspace time. It yeah, is very difficult to shut off, which people say about running your own business. No, I was just saying, I don't mind. I like no, it. No, no. It compared works when working, it's something you're actually exactly. passionate about. Com- compared to working before and working like full time or working at- Oh, it's so much better. Yeah, I know. It makes such a difference. I feel like a human being again. I still don't like it, but I understand why all my parents talked about was work when I was growing up, mm. because they ran their own business together. Of course, that's what was going to happen. That's a lot of what we do. Um, but yeah, so there you go. That's where we're at. Um, and I hope you're taking the future. I I just want to keep doing it and uh, just get more and more people listening to it. And I think we're on that way. We're pushing. The numbers are still growing. Um, we need a million patrons, but other than that, we're doing we're doing We just great. need to um, do some of that time dilation stuff so that we can do all of these extra shows and extra projects that we want to do without it actually taking up more time or yeah, hours or time headspace. Yeah, time is fun. It's nice to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's most that of the questions. Let me just have a last little look through some of these. There wasn't one or two on Twitter, was there? I, will check. I think there was at least one on Twitter. Um, which is favorite room to escape from? I don't know if that's one room we've made or a room we've done. Favorite room or top three to escape from? I'm worried that we have to talk about escape rooms we've done. Real escape rooms. That's tricky. The, now, one thing that is super interesting about that, and I think this is a crazy hard question, it could be, I, I reckon we can open this up to any real room that we've done versus any that we have written mm-hmm. or played here, where it is the actual you want to get out portion. That is fun. Something to escape from. The classic is always like, there's some evil person here. You've got to get out. You've been trapped in. Like, I mean, that was what Alex. Sure, uh, that sure. Was, uh, one, Alex's bathroom. One like that, that is really trying to push you emotionally where you feel the happiest at the getting out part of the game. Because mm. often in real escape rooms, yeah, you know your goal is to get out, whatever. But once you're done, you still go, oh, yep, cool. Like, open the door and you're out. Or even, oh, man, I would have liked being in there more. Things like that. You always want to go back in. What is one where you are you, you are desperate to get out, and once you are out, you are bloody relieved. What about we've done one trapped in an uh, in an elevator, 
trapped in a lift. Oh, right. That's um, right. And that's fun because you know oh, you never really want to be cool. in a lift. Getting out of a lift is very visceral. You Every time anytime you've ever gotten into a lift, your brain is immediately saying, <laughs> I want to get out of this lift. <laughs> and so doing a room that was set up like that was really fun. And that was very escape mm. focused. Um, that's true. I've had a fair few rooms that have really amazing cinematic endings and you wanted to do that ending. But yeah, where it's the actual escape. I've got to say, I think one of the reasons it's so common is that prison escape rooms the only thing you want to do in a prison is escape. Mm. Like prisons are built. Well, actually speaking of To make that, you want to escape them. I think that's a pretty top contender. The VR room that we play tested. Oh, yes, we did. We play tested uh, a wonderful VR prison escape room, which was called B-Block Breakout from uh, the company's Plucky Wombat. Uh, it was Brad from Plucky Wombat who came and ran it for us. Uh, and it was great. I think the, the uh, I don't know, Plucky Wombat doesn't run it themselves. They, they have, a, yeah, like, they have just programmed this Oculus-based game. Escape room. So there may well be one at some point in the year. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't if know how not, widespread they are at this you, stage. Hey, but... if you have an escape room, you have some extra space, look into it. Go to pluckywombat.com and have a look at that sort of stuff that they do. It's a really interesting way to, to run a VR room within a physical space. And especially with partners who are in the VR space with you that you can interact with and see. Yeah, it was the first time I've done anything like that. And it worked really well. Like, you had great puzzles, great ideas, Mm. everything. It was put together really well. But every separate portion of it, because it did have a few sort of stages to it, everyone had the escape portion be exciting. Yeah, yes. And it was was exciting to feel like you were doing that escape. Honestly, we've played some VR rooms in a more like, you know, like the VR games that are puzzle games, like playing through... Uh, I expect you to die and mm. things like that. This was nice because it felt a lot like a real room because it had that physical space that is hard to get in your own home, right? Oh, yeah. And, and it used it quite well and, and it worked well with, with multiple people and being able to see somebody else in the space and work together and hand things to each other. I, I really liked it. That was a lot it of fun. It was done but amazingly. Prison Escape, I think, is a classic thing because that's all you want to do in a prison. Mm. No one's ever like, oh, Prison Escape, I wonder why I should look for this or maybe I should find some secrets. You're like, no, i got to get out. i got to get out, everybody. we got to escape this. And I think that's very visceral and fun. I feel like anything where you have to blow a door. Uh, blow something up? Yeah. You've got to blow something up. It's great. Well, I think that's done for questions. I've run you a room, a silly little thing that I wrote. It was great. You could definitely do more if um, you ever just, for some reason, felt like you had no work to do. Please right. write more. I'll write in your room and it'll I'll, they'll all be set on roller coasters. That's all I'll do. It'll be my brand. <laughs> hey, it's the roller coaster guy. I don't even like roller coasters. They're too scary. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, everybody, who has listened to the show, who has told a friend, who has tweeted about it or talked about it or brought it up at a family gathering. That is our biggest method of growing the show and thank you for everybody who's done it because we've hit a million downloads. It's something that it was be... never sure it was ever going to happen, yeah. and, and it has. It by no means means, oh, great, we've hit a million, uh, goal checked off. It was never really a goal. It was never really a goal. It's just a nice... And it's also not... Milestone. Great, now for retirement. No, no yeah. Nothing also, changes. Nothing changes, going. but it's nice to look at this and, and talk about it and, and just have fun. So thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. Thank you for the people who've been guests on the show, who've written rooms for us, who've reached out to say nice things about it, who's left a review on whatever you, app or Spotify or, or Apple Podcast, wherever you want to leave a review. Anyone who's done that, it's thank you. It's super appreciated. You're all wonderful people. You're a lovely audience. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you're all nice to each other. 
mm. as well. It's a supportive audience. It's a nice community. Oh, People yeah. on the Isn't Discord are all very to lovely. Just have a little space that doesn't have that drama. Yeah, so just thank that you. drama. Um, it's so hard being a fan of some things out there. True. Uh, and we'll get to that point when we're super popular. Oh, we'll, have, sure. we'll gather a whole collection of terrible, toxic fans. But for now, you guys are all lovely. So thank you so much. Danny, thank you for being able to write these yeah, and make these you. and putting in the effort and having a creative thing that we can do. Oh, I've yeah. never done, I hadn't done anything properly putting creative stuff out there in the world before this. And, and I'm so glad that it's worked out. I don't know how I could have done it with anyone else but you. One lovely. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed thank listening you to so this. Thank you so much. I'm sorry we talked about Patreon things so much. Uh, but hey, if you haven't signed up for the Patreon and you want to support the show, it is a great thing to do. Um, you'll get us close to that million patrons. And then we'll meet all of you in person across the world. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And thank you, everybody, for listening and telling people. It's great. We'll be back next week. There's another Gateways. Week after that, there's some trivia. Then there's another week of Gateways. And then we're starting, I believe, and then we're starting the new series. Okay. That's I what the timetable looks like. I believe that's the timetable. That's all the bonus episodes. I, if you don't enjoy Gateways, I'm so sorry. But if you do, <laughs> hey, there's another one next week. Uh, and we'll be back soon with a whole new arc. It'll be great fun. I'm I think excited. this one will be okay. Uh, the next one should be good, but we're giving ourselves time to, to breathe between seasons. There's a lot of creative work goes into these. So thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you, all of you. Bye. Hey, Bill and Danny. It's Osandra White. I first found your podcast during the pandemic and binged every single episode. I remember thinking it would be awesome to guest GM on the show one day, so running my secret agent someone room for you guys was honestly a dream come true. Congrats on a million downloads! Keep being awesome. God bless and much success. Love you guys. Hi, it's John McNally, the voice of someone elsewood. I'd just like to congratulate you on the one million downloads. What a milestone! It shows what you can achieve with hard work and passion. Well done, guys.